It feels like the first time. It feels like the very first time. It feels like the first time. It feels like the very first time. Hey guys, welcome back to the first time show. It feels like it, I think. Hey Bobby. Hey Bobby. We're all here. Bobby. Bobby. Hey, Bobby. Bobby. Bobby, 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 looking good, Bobby. Pretty Bobby. Guys, we have a special Pretty guest Bobby. on. Uh, we have a special guest on the show today. Owen Carter's here. Owen, have you been listening so you won't be lost? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck you need really whoever's listening to, to this you're gonna want to watch version this week 100 percent. you're gonna want to see the video you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna what if owen only spoke in guilty remnant the whole episode and just wrote on a pad i would respect it maybe it'd be a little hard i don't even know if i'd be mad I would, I'd be I, sad, but I, I don't know if I'd be mad. I'd be sad. He, if he had his thoughts written all out on papers of what he thought of the episodes, like ready to pull As long up. as they were legible, I guess I'd be okay with it. Um, I don't know if it's better or worse, but it's definitely a different podcast experience when we do it in the afternoon. It really did look mm. like you said it was just hell. And hell, then I yeah. Saw I have two options here. <laughs> you could also say three options. You could also say, oh. "Owen, is the volume high? Is the volume? Do you want the volume a little higher or a little lower? Show me with that sign there." No. Did not get your meaning. He wants you to show just the L and the O. Thank you, Brad. Owen. Just the L and the O. There we go. All right. Just a little low. low. low, low, low Shorty low, got low. low. All right. <laughs> Guys, welcome to the show. Owen's here for a very special episode. Welcome. Yay. Very short amount of time. <laughs> Do we know which episode was the special episode? What do we, you mean? the audience. Say again. Oh, Brett, I was wondering about that. If you you had a thought on that, because they're both so good. I said, do we know which episode is the best episode according to Owen? Oh, because I well, I, I also I feel like there is a best episode. Is my favorite episode of the whole series was amongst. I them. also feel like my favorite episode of the whole series so far was in these two. Whoa! Yeah, we'll be right back. Too. We'll find out right after Fish the break. Of where Brett was going to land, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll find out right after the break. Let's find your bird. Which one do you think? <laughs> Let's Which find you think? your bird. <laughs> What's that? Which one do you think was my favorite? I think it was International Assassin. No. I think it wasn't, yeah, because otherwise, why are yeah. you making a dig deal out of dig Dude, episode digs? seven is the best episode of the show so far. Wow. It's because Nora's gone. You're racist. If you just, so here's the thing. Jamie hasn't watched any of it. And this morning I got up and I was like, I got to watch Leftovers. Do you want to watch? She's like, I'm not going to know what's going on. I'm like, that's fine. And she watched just seven. And it was so captivating to her, just that episode, without any like additional information. I think it's really special when you can do that in a show that's this like story driven and mystery driven. Hmm. And then she hung around for the next episode because she was intrigued. Whoa. And then at the end of the next episode, she's like, so basically like nothing happened. We're just back to the end of the last episode. And I was like, that's Damon Lindelof. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I danced off screen. <laughs> I mean, 
the it's interesting because even the episode on the leftovers wiki here is like incomplete and broken like it doesn't even say the whole title of the episode what so we're it on is. our it's own it's like blank we're on our own here oh uh, no as far as that episode goes but can you even refresh my memory because international assassin is so fucking good that i forgot what happened in the one before that was that I, the one where Lori came around i took notes but i feel like brett yes. should tell it oh yeah 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 yeah, so yeah 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 he goes to see do we know the old man's name yet his guide y- yeah it's called uh, a most powerful adversary you remember that part that's yeah. the name of yes, it. I do remember that. A most powerful adversary. So we get a Virgil. lot of answers. Virgil is his name. Virgil. He goes to see Virgil. We find out that he had already gone to see Virgil. That yes. Virgil had told him he needed to die to battle Lori. And then he took a rope and uh, a cinder block to go drown himself so he could fight Lori. Pat. Against Virgil's recommendation Patty. of he needed a guide. Pat, Patty. Patty, Patty, he'll fight anybody. He'll fight anybody. <laughs> I mean, he. Um, I think he wanted to punch Lori when she was walking away <laughs> from the tunnel. But what there. I thought was the most amazing about this episode, to boil it down to kind of the one moment that I was really happiest with, was he was presented with this insane idea that he needed to kill himself to battle Patty, or he could never get rid of her. And then at the same in the same episode, he was presented with a realistic reason for Patty being there, which is he was having a psychotic break. And he, in that moment, chose, no, 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 I think Virgil is correct. And so I'm going to bring my ex-wife to my daughter so she's taken care of in case this whole thing goes pear-shaped and I end up dead. Yeah, like, the, like all of the pieces of the puzzle like were misleading the audience, and I really like that. Yeah, and, you're right. And I love the idea that, like, he made that decision based on like a lot of different things, I think. And one of those things Thank God is for Lori asking all the right questions. Yeah. And Lori like stepping in with like, you know, basically the real world logic, the real life logic um, about what, uh, and I even was thinking too, like, man, if he knew all these things about Patty's husband, is it because Lori told him about it one time? Yeah. We questioned he, I feel it. like, yeah, you can make the case for, but which you could, which or you, you could have at this point, right? And and I think if you really tried hard enough, you still could. But I think the show is really pushing us in the in a supernatural direction, and I think it's more than obvious that there are a lot of things that were kind of like alluding to this, like you know, this at least this part of the show. I yeah. guess we'll get to more to it when we get to international assassin. I want to know what Brett's face was at the end of seven. I know. Well, dude, I'll show you what Alana's face was after we see Brett's face. Well, my face, I just literally (laughs) very quietly and suddenly looked at Jamie and I went, I don't know why he shot himself. (laughs) Before she asked, I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I know, because it's like, first of all, you're getting over the initial shock of watching the main character of this entire series die before your eyes, right. conceivably. And then seconds later, this guy's like, fuck you. I don't want that to be the most sh- shocking thing. Check this out. <laughs> you know, Midway just- <laughs> through eight, I was like, or when you saw him in eight, I was like, oh, he had to kill himself to be his guide. I get it. But Which at that moment, so I was good. like, and also, I, like, I have no idea. Also, if you're watching the video... And for that face, th- this isn't me. I just want to be clear. <laughs> this is my brother-in-law. Why is it a really ugly? I kid don't want or it something? to be a mystery the whole okay. time. Okay, you great. Know? I'm not great. trying to spin that web. 
There's no easy you Easter eggs back there. So. Yeah, and for anyone right. who's watching also, my wife, this Mr. is brother. me. This one? That one is Alana. That, that is, is me. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. Well, we all know that. actual photo of me. Yeah. So. Um, my question uh, I had was, did Kevin drop his ex-wife off to be with his daughter solely to take care of her or as a little bit of a fuck you because she had been lying to him about talking to his son? I think Good I, question. I think none of those things. Oh, what? I think it was happenstance because it seemed like he was truly leaning towards the idea that Lori had convinced him to potentially see her as a therapist and have her be a mediator between himself and uh, Nora and to explain his kind of like psychoses, right? Like his, like why he's going crazy. And that was like a potential timeline, right? So I really do think Kevin bringing Lori home was a way to like, in his fucked up head, work out with Nora that he was going to try to at least talk to a therapist about this. Whoa, and that's not what I think. That's oh, what I, I disagree. If I don't that had been the all. case, he would have gone out the front door. Well, but, but instead he but bailed no, out well, the window. Well, here's he why the, shut but, the front but door. But here's why that happened. Because he <laughs> fucking Nora called, and then he went upstairs, and he was like, where's the fucking key? And, and she was like, oh, you didn't get the fucking very obvious note that the key is under the pillow? That's what I was thinking the whole time. And if then, she left him by, for her own reasons, Where why didn't she leave a note and the key? <laughs> I know. Well, well so anyway, she did, but, kept, but then she, he said fuck, fucking Patty was sitting there and that's why I didn't see it. And I think that's all Kevin needed in that moment to mm. convince himself that medical help and pills like the road his father went down clearly didn't help and it was time for him to listen to the voices in his head and to listen to what they were telling him to do. And I think he realized in that moment that he needed to go fucking die and the fact that Lori was there for her daughter to fucking find her was kind of like serendipitous, I think. I don't I'm with Brett. All right. Agree to uh, disagree. What ever in it as the voice in his or whatever she is now that she's dead, is she ever committing to telling him one thing to do? Because like when he's like, my dad just start, started listening to the just said, I started following the voices in my head or whatever, right? She told him to started... drink it. She told him to drink it. I think he was just specific. Yeah, but then a second later, she said not to. It's almost like she's just, like, contradictory no, no matter what he's going for. Yeah, I don't think she, because he specifically. Tell me what to do. I don't know what you're supposed to do. Yeah, exactly. Drink, drink a goblet of your own cum. He specifically <laughs> stopped and asked her, so. Well, but he, he did specifically ask her in that moment, and she said, she drink it, it. But she made it clear that she doesn't know. Well, she said drink it, and then yeah, she said yes, no, yes, no. I don't actually know. Popping so much, yeah. So it, well, no, there was. A, well, hold on a second. To be because obviously, yes, she. I think the only indication that she was like, "Don't do it," after she said to do it, was when she screamed, "Don't!" Like in that moment. No, she told him not to when he first had it sit in front of him, and that's when he said. No, he looked up at her and said, "What do you think I should do?" And she said, "I think you should drink it." No. Yeah. She told him that he should yeah. drink it before and then she told him not to twice. When did she when did she tell him not to Am twice? Am I crazy? No, she, she he literally asked her. 
She's definitely flip-flopping between scenes or moments. No, or I think the only the only exchange that happened was Kevin said, what do you think I should do? And she said, I think you should drink it. And then he said, it's time for me to fucking do it because my dad said he finally listened to the people in his head or whatever. And then so, but she didn't realize that her saying drink it to him that way meant that he'd actually do it. I think that she was kind of fucking with him because I think she didn't believe he'd do it. And I think no, I don't think that at all. I think the reason she's flip floppy is because she's struggling herself. Like whoever is talking to the dad has a clear, clearer perspective of whatever, how the world's working. Maybe it's a guidance for Mm. a real reason, but his guidance, his person who's attached to him being Patty, we just learned how messed up she is and how much she's like flip floppy. And she's like, wanting to do something but scared yeah. to do it like i think that's just her personality showing the fact that, that she's flip-flopping true. it could be true but i, I agree because it did feel like she told him to do it so that he wouldn't do it like a yeah. reverse right. psychology type which i agree with because she's fucking with him so much and they've established she's been fucking Patty, with him. she's my favorite character for sure I really know. she's that's so cool. even, though, even though it's like torture it but is she more annoying in season one when she doesn't talk yes or in season two when she is talking Uh, she's more annoying in season one i think well in episode seven she's damn annoying though (laughs) it's so brutal but i love her so much kevin kevin did we get some good kevins kevin let me hear kevin there's a lot of good clips let's hear that nice and kevin 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 Kevin. Hang on, let me make sure that one's gonna sound nice and loud when we get to it again. Kevin. There she is. Bingo. Kevin. Um, Kevin. Love her. She's she's fantastic. She's so great. Anyway, um, but so much fucking happens in this episode. It's hard to like. It's not hard to confuse what happened in that episode with International Assassin because seemingly International Assassin all takes place in like some kind of limbo or afterlife or maybe it's a dream who right. who the fuck knows but um but but before we get to that one i think so much happens well in... we learned a lot i mean we learned who shot him and why yeah well, not why. right and we also well, kind don't... of why we also don't have to wonder yeah. how much the um michael's kid or John's Michael. kid, Michael. We also don't. We we're not. Now we're sure how involved he is in this. Uh, yeah. In this whole like bringing him back to life situation. Yeah, he's really fucking with Grandpa. Well, because in this episode we weren't sure what his involvement was because he kind of busts in on them, dead, and then kind of has this reaction and then is like, okay, well now I got to drag Kevin out. Mm-hmm. His, I, his grandpa told him what was going to happen, and he was yeah. upset. Yeah, it was it. a great reaction. Mm-hmm. It told you everything you needed to know. Right. Was that it was it was very upsetting to him, but he knew it was coming. Right, and he was like, he wasn't shocked. To his he was plan. just like horrified and sad. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. So yeah, we learned what happened between uh Michael or George or John, <laughs> Jesus, Mary, and uh, Joseph. You know, Paul, Paul. <laughs> Peter. Who are you actually talking about? <laughs> now I'm talking about John. Now we know um, what's up with John and uh, what's up with John. John what's and Virgil. John? 
So we, oh yeah, now and like Brett said, you're talking about now that we've seen that? episode eight. We're into no, episode no, no, eight in now. Seven, no, in no, because in no, seven we find out seven. what happens. In seven, no, he, Virgil talks about that he yeah. shot him. Yeah. yeah, 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 and he said it's because he was bad and did bad things. But in episode eight, he says he was a pedophile, or he suggests it. So it feels like oh, he probably molested him or something. That's what I got. No one else. No, no, no. Patty says that, didn't she? I but, thought Patty said that about her husband. No, so she he, said that like, all we know no. about this guy so far is that he's borderline and pedophile. Oh, oh, because like oh, she says that she's in which episode? fun of him Seven? for hanging out yeah. with Michael. Oh, well, that's what I thought. Yeah. I guess I didn't gather that that suggested that his crime was actual pedophilia until eight. But okay, yeah, yeah, I no, there wasn't I an. A, there, I don't think together. there was a crime. I think he literally like. I mean, I think he did say that he hurt. I think that his dad was going crazy like Kevin's dad. Yeah. And he had to shoot him for whatever reason. But basically the dad put him in a position where he had to shoot him because his dad wanted to, he had something attached to him. You know what but I mean? But is it possible? He had his own patty. Is it, po- is it possible that? No. That. <laughs> <laughs> is it possible that, that handprint machine is gonna uh yeah get kevin listen listen forget about so. that for a second i got i have a point to make d- d- is it possible that uh virgil might have actually done some kind of terrible thing when michael was or when john was younger Yes. I mean, certainly. 100%. And, and the idea is is that He said Patty's, he had to atone. He said he had to atone, yeah. So Patty saying borderline pedophile, maybe maybe there is a connection there. He says something about pedophilia. Am I the I only... don't know, guy who's seen this show. What do you think? I mean, I don't remember. I swear in episode really eight, he says something Feels about Feels like lost all over pedo- again, Alana. Pedophilia. Don't fall for it. <laughs> I mean, here's the deal. If we don't get anything else about Virgil and his relationship with John then I guess it would be safe to assume that maybe he fucking sexually assaulted John. John or some other kids or that John is aware of. That John was aware of. But we're also seeing that John's not morally really that sound, but something like that could manifest something like that in someone. Whether it happened to him or not, it could manifest that, though. I don't think that makes it seem like it happened to him. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like um, him going after his own father for that. I don't know. Whatever. It's a weird thing. We'll see. Maybe it comes up again. Maybe it doesn't. I hurt him, so he hurt me. So he probably did molest him, is my guess. That's my guess. If that's the truth, then that character is pretty despicable then, huh? Uh, You mean Virgil? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That'd be a real shame. I liked Virgil. Yeah. I think Virgil's the same as he was in these episodes. He says how he did really terrible stuff, but he has his reasons or whatever. Listen, people and love Freddy Krueger. <laughs> it never, I don't think it ever excuses something someone did, but, yeah. um, you know, people are good and bad in life. You can do terrible things and good things. Um, so. Sacrifice stuff to help Kevin was like, part of the redemption yeah Maybe, him yeah. trying to atone and and i think what he's been doing the past few years was him trying to atone as he's been helping other people with it once he got rid of his he was able to be more clear-minded it's like they you know the guy in the tower it's like yeah. ridding yourself of a mental illness and then being able to like comprehend and make better choices with your life you know it's the actual <laughs> metaphysical example of that you know what was interesting 
what, really quick, you know what was interesting about uh, Virgil telling um, Kevin about how, because Kevin was like, have you ever done this before? And he's like, the guy on the pillar is a testament of that or whatever. If I were Kevin. It's a success story. A success story, yeah. And if I were Kevin, I'd be like, that's not necessarily a success. That guy is living on top of a pillar and conceivably shitting into a bucket and he doesn't come down from there and somehow that's like an okay guy like that guy's doing okay like that's a good example of someone who's now okay after this thing was done if i was kevin i wouldn't have done a lot of that because he didn't ask (laughs) very many questions i mean i think he was just like losing everything and losing his fucking mind and I didn't really and, buy and, how few questions he asked, to and, be honest. I didn't buy that. The whole handprint thing is totally going to come back and fuck him real bad. And I think he's Seems just... like a metaphor for trying to run away from your problems. I think so, yeah. too. For sure, for sure. I but as so. a character... But then, the metaphor, but then the metaphor becomes a reality with the Patty situation. Yeah. Well, and then when we're in International Assassin, you kind of like... You learn that when given the choice of what kind of life he could live if he was given like the option to be like a cop or you know whatever he chose picks his own identity. he picked his own identity as like a guy that travels the world and kills people and uh without Do you think he knew what he was doing when he picked that outfit yeah, no i think he went by instinct video game. i think here's what i think i think that that when when you go to that hotel for whatever reason you do i don't know if that's just where everybody goes when they die or if it's just literally like a limbo that people go to. But I think that when you're presented with like the option to pick like an outfit and you're already in this kind of conceivably magical scenario, there's almost like a connection to your subconscious in the choice that you make in my, I, in, in my theory, because later on when he talks to that guy about his job and you learn further that it is the kind of place where you choose what you want to do, especially because that guy. You was don't like, learn I'm it from dead. that guy. It says it on the cupboard when he opens well, the, what I'm saying the is, closet is, when he opens I'm it. I'm just saying what they ca- shot that that writing like seven times. No, they totally. Were totally. It. I'm saying that's where I'm saying that's the like that's another reason. But it basically but, but says one reason choose I your identity, was, choose the one that you identify with. Right, and I think even with Kevin, as dumb as he is and as impulsive as he is, and you know, not necessarily makes the smartest decisions. He could have seen that and been like, "What? The, I don't know what the fuck that means." But I feel like one way or another, him choosing the suit and becoming an, an assassin in this afterlife scenario, I think him choosing that was more of a conscious choice. And I think the show is. I think conscious us or not, that. it makes sense because the whole idea is go with your subconscious. It still says everything about you. It's not. Right. That's not the argument well, in my I think mind. That, well, I think the what the what Brett's presenting is is that like maybe he didn't choose he didn't know he was choosing like an identity for this like world. But I think that Exactly. I would agree, but he chose by instinct and he, his instinct yeah, yeah, took yeah. him to what his yeah, insides well, he were saying. definitely didn't put on the cop uniform. Right. Yeah. Like of he, elimination. He wasn't a cop, he wasn't a guilty remnant and he wasn't a man of God. Right. So what's left? Mm-hmm. Right. Hang on, I have to turn my camera off for a second because I'm getting So before we get all the way into eight, I just wanted to say 
Virgil's house, that set, yeah, is maybe the best set I've it's ever so seen. It's cool. so cool. Yeah. It's just so much care went into making that like cool and creepy and like fantastical. It was yeah. awesome. So cool. You you want to take a bird with you? I think and he's got plenty of birds to give away there, so I'd like to live there. <laughs> we We've just got watched... a whole set of bird clips after today. My God, <laughs> is Kevin the bird in the lobby too? <laughs> oh man! Yeah, I mean, I do. You guys think the bird in the lobby is uh, what's her name's birds that she was burying in yes. the uh, the ones that mm. died? Yes, in the shoebox. Yes, I do now. <laughs> well, okay. That's what I thought. All right. Well, let's let's just jump in. Is there anything else you want to say about the episode? No. Owen or Brett or Alana? It was an about amazing episode. About seven? seven? Yeah. The best I've seen mm. so far. Well, wow. uh, Jill got bit, got went bit by a snake. Went the other direction again. <laughs> got to be like yeah. A, yeah. At first, <laughs> at first, it felt like she fell into season one. Jill, Jill and it felt a little quickly, bit too quick, yeah. But she's going through a lot of shit right now, and the fact that she exploded on Michael about how they're chain, they're like handcuffing him to the bed, and he was sleepwalking mm-hmm. and shit, and like she's kind of like losing it. So I think she also somebody... knows her dad is talking to people, right? Which was interesting. He never told her, but she knew because she'd seen it in her grandfather. She's got no one to trust anymore, right? Yeah, and I can see her going back to that, like angsty teen girl thing because it feels like maybe that's where she defaults when she's like feeling helpless and yeah makes sense you know and i think that's a character trait that they did really well but it could have it could have been done badly in the sense that like ooh, she switched to season one jill too quickly and now it doesn't feel natural and why why is she so mad and they're just creating this conflict between her and jill, love her the, dad. the scene with the two of them sitting on the step they felt like equals mm-hmm. yeah we're both just we're both just trying to figure this out. We know we care about each other. We, we we want this family thing, but like, man, this is just tough. All this shit is so confusing. Yeah, and hard. Yeah, agreed. I okay. Sorry. Yeah, that's all. No, go ahead. Seven. Anything else? No, I, what I was going to okay. say is eight. Um. All right. Well, fuck it. Let's move on to a divisive episode at first when it first aired, but really, of, yeah. A is lot. This, of, is this your favorite, Owen? Oh, he said. I'll say it. Uh-oh. Yeah. What did you say? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. We needed that on the record. <laughs> yes, we did. Uh, I uh, I agree with Owen. Assass. I It's my favorite episode of the whole damn series. And Alana, I think it was your first time seeing it. I think we're officially in new territory. For yeah, you. I stopped watching after episode six, I believe. Well, guys, let's let's welcome Alana two. to the first time. Hey, <laughs> hey, welcome to. It's the first time someone's entered the first time on the first time show. We have we have There's a first time for everything. Yeah, we reached a first time for someone on the show. A mid show first time. A mid show first time. <laughs> yeah, an in- MSF MSFT. In hindsight, I think I stopped where I stopped because I was just so pissed at all of the like religious mat stuff. It, I'm so not. You stopped at six, like I right stopped, before these two. I, I know that. I believe that breaks my heart a little. I hated episode five. I then also didn't like episode six, and I was like, "I'm over it. I'm out. You fucked me too many times." 
But, you know, it's mm-hmm. nice to come back to some better episodes. I'll say that. It makes me happy. Sounds like a Lindelof show for sure. Just yeah. and you're like, oh, this is getting to be too mi- too much, too mystery, too dragged out. Like, uh, And then finally they get this really good stuff. And too, like, like, too many religious parallels, frankly, for me. Because that that's less interesting to me. I didn't really grow up in that the way a lot of like typical Americans do, I think. And I don't know. It's, At it's, least in, with Lost, it was different because of the whole faith argument kind of thing. But with yeah. this, is it? it's at least, you don't have to be that like knowledgeable or even caring about it. It's just everyone's way of reacting to the situation. Yeah, I mean, the, the faith conversation is interesting forever and always. I think that's very human. But like specifically about Christian religious stuff and all the symbolism and the commentary relates to specific like American Christianity was just kind of like boring to me. <laughs> You're in a lot of. Oh, skim. <laughs> <laughs> a free country. That's what. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, I'm back. It's new. Let's talk about eight. I can't wait. Yeah. Okay. So international assassin is the 18th hour of the leftovers and originally aired November 22nd, 2015. Where were you, November 22nd, 2015? Alana, go. I'm not sure about 2015. That. Let me check my Google Cal. <laughs> yeah, I'll check my. Would it be in your Google Calendar? Yeah. What do you mean? Wow. I was still keeping a Google Calendar at that point. You're so organized. You're saying November? Yeah. Let's see what we were all doing then. What? How are we gonna find out? I just go to my photos and I go by year and I get to November. Mm. You you want to take a bird with you? <laughs> I was in Samoa. Oh. 2015. Actually, it'll be easier for me to do it on my computer. This is important shit. So Kevin's dad's in Perth, Australia? Yeah. And somehow contacting him in what he's, what sounds like the same hotel room? Like oh, yeah. That was so cool. <laughs> yeah, there's a fire going on on the bed. And, and that's he's... why the fire alarm kept going. Like somehow the fire alarm had to go off to connect them because he kept saying, don't put it out. And that's what like closed well, their I think ability needed, to I interact. Think, yeah, the oh, fire yeah. is what was like connecting them or something, as Somehow. well as the ceremony or whatever. Wi fire? <laughs> Maybe it was the Wi fire. 10 points to Owen, 10 points to Gryffindor. <laughs> you you want to take a bird with you? Um, But, uh,. Man, so much happens in this fucking episode. He wakes up in a bathtub and he lands on the floor almost like a baby being born. Jumps right out. I was of shooting there. south of Wilshire. Oh my god, that's What's so south funny. Of game show. Is that the one where he almost died in real life? I mean Hypothetically, yeah. <laughs> I was shooting too. I was shooting a documentary about four women who row across the ocean without oh, help. That. that was a great It's called all I can think is the new doctor. Available now? Uh, Losing Sight of Shore. It was on Netflix until May. It's not on Netflix anymore, but it's still available on like paid platforms. Yeah. You guys should watch it. It's really good. It is very good. Thank you. I was having like the most incredible learning experiences about humanity. And you're in it too. No, I'm not. Losing yeah, Sight are. of Shore? Yeah. Remember when they. Oh, you can like see me when they dock yeah, in like a crowd of 100 people. <laughs> 
okay. No way, dude. You're fully in there. <laughs> Come on. You were wasting your time doing that when you could have been watching TV with the rest of us. <laughs> Come on. You could have been watching this episode. Alanum. What were you doing with your life? So. Um, anyway, so <laughs> Kevin's, Kevin's born, dead. reborn almost into this weird. Okay. Is he. Where does he find the time to work out? <laughs> Serious. I mean, I think he jogs every morning after he's handcuffed. You mean Justin or Kevin? <laughs> Kevin. 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 Shit, where's my, where's my Kevins? Kevin. 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 Um, I just, I, what is there to say, you guys? It's just so much. So much happens in this fucking episode. So if he hadn't saved the little girl from the pool... We could have been out of this episode in like fifteen. I don't know. I couldn't tell if she was actually drowning. I think but so. I don't think so because I think there's something special about throwing her in. It wasn't just about killing her, it was about throwing her in that Oh into that well. Into that well specifically. But we don't know what yet, right? If he hadn't have saved her, he didn't wouldn't have had the opportunity to throw her in the well. She probably would have just died and woken up in the same bath in the same place. Well, it's interesting because I don't know, maybe not. It seems like Virgil Virgil knows that if you have something attached to you like Patty, the only way to really get rid of it is to go to like whatever plane of existence they're appearing from and then kill them in that weird nether world. But -hmm. it's interesting that he never mentioned the well. I don't think he's that educated. I think he just dealt with his own. And so that's his point of reference, which is why I think they should ask more questions in the first place. That's really what it felt like his whole concept came from what he did. And it seems like his dad knows like way more about it. Like his dad, like, oh, Kevin's dad. Maybe it was in that National Geographic. Well, could have been in. If he had looked through it, it would have been a well. There would have been a whole section on this well. It's in my storage. I told you. But here's the other thing. Um, <laughs> remember when when uh, the guy was interviewed about the mozzie bites, the guy that came back Mozy from death? bites. He said he was in a hotel. <gasps> I forgot. You're kidding me. So obviously he was there too. Yeah. I kept saying the guy on the bridge was the mozzie bites guy, but. Alana's face? Alana's face, you guys. Hashtag Alana's face? And Brett's face. Um, Listen. Can I just get out the one thing I didn't like about this episode? Yes. And then we can just talk about good things. Oh, sure. Yes. Sure. They kind of set up if you drink the water, you'll forget that you're dead. Yeah. Like going, I think it's like going into the light. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. The, it, great device. I hated that they didn't use it as like a ticking clock. Like he was getting more and more thirsty as yeah. if the longer he was under mm-hmm. without getting Patty he was going to die and not be able to come back. Like there was going to be a point, even when they were in the bottom of the well, there was water. It could have graduated to a point where he's like completely dying of thirst. And she's like, there's water, drink it. And instead he had to kill her. A classic. I hated that. I was like, it's right there. You're so close. I got a hold of it because that would have put a, a, like a, a motor on this episode, a little bit of a clock. That's true. I got the feeling that I do understand the feeling of like how they missed the clock opportunity, but Clock up. I don't know if the episode really suffers from not having like a ticking clock, really. And also, um, the fact that, um, 
Oh, fuck. What was I going to say? God damn it. There's so many things to think about and so many things going on in this fucking episode. Every line, every moment <laughs> makes you think of like, oh, wait, okay. So then blah, 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 blah. Like, oh, yeah. so right. many pieces. Um, I love that he admitted to... We, we don't need to talk about it. Okay. It's just something that bugged okay. me. I'm like, oh, I would have loved that. Especially when Virgil drank his water because then it's yeah. like, oh, no, he ran out of time. I think um, I think Virgil drank the water because he realized that he did what he needed to do and then was like, I'm here to, like, stay now because he, like, fully shot himself in the head. I think yeah. in the choice he made in shooting himself in the head. Oh, yeah, he wasn't coming back. It meant that he wasn't going to come back. So I think him drinking the water was being like, okay, now it's time for me to be a part of this, like, world that, that Talk, I, I, I just like he said he was thirsty. I don't understand. He did say he said he was so thirsty. No <laughs> metaphor. He said he was thirsty. He drank yeah. the water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But I think he was ready for it. I think he was ready he for said it. Definitely the most lost vibes of any of for these sure episodes. Both of oh. these back to back had real, uh huh, uh-huh. real you, lost. Without spoiling. Just do you think this has similarities to the last season of Lost? I can't hear it. <laughs> I, I, that's why I. That's why I didn't say it. But the guys, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Brett, I mean, without you know spoiling anything for Alana, I thought more along the lines of the like um, when Locke went into like the tent and smoked the. Oh yeah, uh-huh. whatever the yeah. ganja with like the medicine. I don't even remember it. With Mister Echo uh, you know. and stuff. Yeah, he made yeah. that stuff in the swamp <laughs> with his like. That's right. That's right. That's right. And that's what <laughs> Kevin's dad had in the. In Australia. In Perth. Find yeah. your bird. Um, <laughs> no, nice. you, you can listen nice. a lot. It's okay. We're not going to say I'm just curious uh, if you guys felt the same kind of similar. But to dive into the episode, I like that we found out why Kevin smoked. Yeah. Steve. What? Am I clear to come oh, back? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I didn't know you took your headphones off. No. You're clear, oh, Alana. And you. I was telling you to put your headphones back on, but you couldn't hear me. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, Brett, go ahead. Oh, I just said that I liked that we found out why Kevin smoked. Yeah. And I yeah. thought I found that shocking. The lie detector is so fun. Oh, man, so many good scenes. I know. That lie detector was so good. The fact that it Dude. was, like, dead on, too, like, with everything. Man. Agreed. And and also, what do you guys think about the Mary thing? Like, why is Mary at the hotel? Is it possible? Here's uh, Here's a theory. Is it possible that while she's in her coma state, she's actually just at that hotel? Like that's mm. where she is right now. I think I that, that it's like yes. San Junipero. Yes, San Junipero. San Junipero. Yeah, Pellegrino. That. That's my hope. Doctor Moreau. <laughs> Santa's Pellegrino. <laughs> I Brett's love that. talking, but he couldn't hear him. In the Mason, it's fine. Oh, 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 oh okay. Yeah. Um, it's hard to tell when there's an audio problem. Brett's I go, good. I go fast. I, I play it fast and loose with my mute button <laughs> on the microphone. Yeah, he's Brett's a professional. I've been watching him operate all. It's a time. skill. It's a skill. Um, okay, so Mary being at the hotel, what do you guys think? I think that that's oh. true. That when she's in the coma, she's living at that hotel, and every now and then she gets to pull back out and hook up with her husband and get pregnant. <laughs> pregnant. Pregnante. <laughs> The hotels for everybody. I think that's Kevin's thing. Mm. You think oh. that's Kevin's hotel? That's Kevin's like construct. 
<gasps> Whoa. Wow. I you, don't want to think that. I, I The reason why I don't think that is because the guy from the in Australia that came back to life said he was at a hotel. And why would he be a part of Kevin's construct? If it's all in a hotel. hotel. That just means Limbo is a hotel. Appears as Oh, we hotel. all get our own hotel. I think I think the idea is, is that Limbo is a hotel in Australia for some reason. And I think everyone It's not the hotel was not in Australia. He had drove to Miracle. Jeff's hotel is a good that's a good band name. <laughs> or an album name. Yeah, where or is Green, the hotel? The hotel's in, in, in Texas? It's probably in it. Texas if you drove there. Because Texas <laughs> is a big boy. Yeah, it was like an all-night drive. He said you can get there by sunrise, so it was still light out. Yeah, but I wonder if that... Is that... I just felt this was like a geographically not precise world that they're on. Perhaps, yeah. And that world... Uh, but then Road I, but if it's if that's true, you can't say the hotel was in Australia because if it's geographically not precise, it's. I guess what's making it just me, is in a place. Is Brett okay to Brett? Wait, I, is that Brett on the left? <laughs> <laughs> now we'll never know. And uh, why is there a picture of the Adams family on the lower right? The reason why I got the idea that he's in Australia is because his dad said he was in Australia. Yes, and he. It looked like he had like native Australians. Well, I thought that his... what was cool is the dad said we're in the same room. Yeah, which made that's me think interesting. That he was in that hotel in for in the real world and not. The no, death I world. thought it was like parallel universe style. He's mm. in the same exact room in the same yeah, thing, but like in a different, uni- like in a different in a parallel experience. Yeah, interesting. Um, I do. I... I was calling in from the real world. I think that. I think that too. I think it's what what we perceive as the real world, but in a parallel form is where he was. Does that? I just think kind that. Of oh, right. Cause remember the guy on the bridge said this is more real than anything. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. I think it's just like parallel universe style. Oh man, I forgot about the guy on the bridge. Yeah. So much happened. I forgot about him having boots around his neck. The guy on the bridge was oh. Australian, right? Yeah. And the guy from um the uh uh. The magic in the, hugs. In the hotel room with the guy who's in the bathroom when he first goes in. Yeah, magic hugs. Oh, oh yeah, Holy Wayne. Holy Wayne. Oh wait, oh, yeah. that was Holy Wayne. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. Okay, so he was in season one. Okay, I, I didn't go back. Yeah, and that's Holy that's Wayne. That's why he was like, it feels like the last time we saw each other, I was in a bathroom stall. Yeah, that's another oh, reason. Got it, got it, got it, got he found got it, him okay. dying. Yeah, that's, that's another reason I think it's not his specific hotel room because all these people had too much personality to just be figments of his mind. I thought, but you you have a point. It could be. No, I he's manifesting that. them. They're not. This isn't them. He can only manifest dead people. Why would he manifest a fake? Uh, but then he never Patty met Neil with some random name who lives Magic from Colombia or something. And I also I, wonder about the lady who's the Hispanic lady who's trying to get the heart in the oh hotel. Yeah. Steve was translating the lady with a cooler. She's like a doctor. She's, like, She's speaking heart, Spanish. Oh yeah. Outside. Did you hear what he said? I. Mm. She said they have a. I have a heart. I have to get in there. This person's going to die. I wondered if that was to do with Mary or if that's going to come like sneaky in the background somewhere in future episodes, like some person got a heart and came back to life or some shit. Or they'll yeah. find out somebody had a bad heart and had just had surgery and got a new one or something later. Lindelof's really good at like making a bunch of shit in this universe. You creates, don't know which one to watch. And then and then like showing you everything ha- also happening in the universe. 
and making you so interested in it. Yeah. That you're like, who the fuck are all these other people? Who the fuck are they? Yeah. Yeah. But what does it mean that she got flowers, Mary? Even if it is that she's in a coma and her being in a coma means she's in that <gasps> parallel universe, for I example. What bet, do the flowers mean? I bet it's from George or uh, Kevin Sr. Because Kevin Sr. sent Kevin the flowers. So he was also wait, sending wait, wait. Mary the flowers. The assassin? Oh, it did come from set Kevin. From Kevin Sr. You said, did you get the flowers? About, like, get well or whatever. I and you think, think the just, other ones went to Mary from I think he was, Senior? Yeah, maybe he was just sending her flowers because he knows he's she's there. That's interesting. Because he know is how I like feel. He's got her own task. But everyone had oh. flowers. Oh, maybe she has her own task that That's cool. Kevin Senior's I love giving that. her. But I think there are flowers in a lot of people's rooms, so it's hard to know. I think that's just a big form of communication there. It must be like communication to the limbo side from the real world as they get delivered. From our universe to that universe, sure. You just got to have a fire in your bed. Wow, what if Kevin Sr. is orchestrating all this shit? I don't think he is. He doesn't seem like he knows exactly what he's doing. He just happened to be in a... In an altered state where he could no connect. Way. He was the one telling Kevin, you got to start listening. He was the one that sent Kevin the National Geographic. He was the one that was like hearing other people. They were probably telling him, you got to get your son. Send on flowers this to this thing yeah. or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Maybe. I, I have some things, but because I know what happens, I can't say. Man, I forgot what shit. happened. So I feel like. You better continue to forget, because if you're spoiling some shit, I'll slap you. <laughs> um, okay, so some of the stuff from the um, wiki the wiki is saying, Damon Lindelof said that this episode was inspired in part by Tony Soprano's coma dream in the early sixth season of The Sopranos. Coma dream. So maybe Mary is there. Here's his quote. When you mention these other ideas like The Sopranos, which obviously we were paying homage to in terms of the Kevin Finnerty episodes, where Tony... Wait, Kevin what? This is, this is Sopranos stuff, where Ke- Tony was in the space between life and death, and he didn't remember who he was, but there was this kind of mundane feeling to the place he was. Okay. Spoilers. Um, the quote on the quote on Kevin's closet doors comes from Greek philosopher Epictetus. Epic Epictetus. Epictetus. Is that one word or two? Epictetus is one word. Oh. E p i c t e t u s. Show me. Show me. Oh. When's the last time you guys seen Christine? Never heard of her. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's been at least ten years for me. I don't know who that is. It's the Stephen King movie. Line from Christine. Um, All right, show let's, me. Let's see. Uh, there's no. There does not see appear to be any historical support for Patty's assertion that John Wilkes Booth hated slavery, as he was a vocal supporter of the practice. Uh oh, maybe that's a weird. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't sure about that one, but. She can be very convincing. It could also just be about this weird universe they're in, and she thinks that that's maybe that's what happened there. I mean, she's using it as a good device. I like what she's saying with that analogy, but it would be better, yeah, if they used a real one. Um, Patty references being on the syndicated game show Jeopardy. Damon Lindelof said the writers made this choice in part due to the fact that Jeopardy contestants phrase their answers in the form of a question just as The Leftovers is more interested in questions than answers. Wow. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. 
Um, let's see. This episode had its origins in conversations the writers had about the idea of the prophet's dilemma, as first mentioned in Guest. Which uh, which episode was that? I can't remember. And how it might apply to Kevin. Consulting producer slash re- religious scholar Reza Aslan told the other writers that Kevin is not a prophet, but a shaman, meaning that he receives information in dreams, but is given no guidance to interpreting it. Aslan also said that a shaman has to die and go to the other side to be reborn with his powers. So, the writers de- the writers decided early in the season to eventually have Kevin die to do battle with Patty and have the show's version of Dante's Inferno. They also knew that the episode had to climax with Kevin killing Patty, but also finally understanding her, paying off her line in Cairo when she kills herself. You understand. Beyond that, they did not develop what the other place would look like any further until it was time to actually write this episode. After trying many different approaches, one of the writers said that Kevin had to assassinate Patty, and that proved to be the key to developing the world. Hmm. When asked to define whether the hotel is purely Kevin's psychotic break or a mythical space... Damon Lindelof has said that the answer lies somewhere between boring and too weird, but also has acknowledged that co-creator Tom Parada and other writers might feel differently. However, Lindelof has also said that the writers made clear determinations on elements such as whether or not Kevin's visions of Patty were real or a psychotic break, and whether Isaac was the real deal, while simultaneously ensuring that there were always explanations to support a non-magical interpretation of every event besides the departure. Lindelof believes that since 2% of the world's population disappeared, the show's events should be 2% magical, but he also embraces the viewpoint of audience members who do not want anything besides the departure to be supernatural. What? Interesting. I was curious what Tom Parada thought of this episode. It feels like a pretty far cry from the first season that was based more directly on the book. Yeah. I mean, it's the show isn't 2% magical. It's like 40% magical. Maybe 30. Mm. That's like a real extreme. Straight. It, honestly, yeah. It really annoys me that he said would have said that. Like, come well, on. Well, look yourself in the mirror for a second. Let's call Damon Lindelof. Yeah. The hotel's you name. Asked him, you dummy. The hotel's name is only seen as Hotel and Resort. Cool. (laughs) The real world shooting locations for the hotel is the Sheraton Austin Hotel at the Capitol. Holy shit, I might have stayed there before. Hmm. Okay. Uh, The hotel's fire fire alarm repeatedly going off corresponds to Kevin Sr. trying to communicate with Kevin Jr. through the TV using fire as a conduit. Mm-hmm. Mm. Shaman yep. shit. Supporting the interpretation of the hotel being a supernatural space as opposed to Kevin's psychological construct, the audience never saw Kevin learn about the birds, Erica Berries, one of which seems to pop up Erica in the hotel. Erica Berries? That sounds like a color mm, from David. Let's David's. have some Erica Berries. Erica Berry pie, anyone? <laughs> Ooh, fresh Erica Berry pie. Um, It is possible that Nora told him about the bird burying the same night Erica told Nora. It is also possible that Virgil told Kevin the night Kevin sleepwalked 
to Virgil's trailer Sleepwalk. since Erica's grandmother mm. who passed on the myth may have been Virgil's mother. Virgil implied, impliedly referenced. That. I like that better. I don't cool. like that. I like that he just saw it there. Uh, Virg- you like Erica Berries? I like Erica Berries. <laughs> Virgil implied, uh, impliedly referenced the bird burying in Lens when he offered Erica a bird. You, you want to take a bird with you? Virgil asking if Kevin is a guest and uh, Kevin denying this calls to mind Nora enjoying the anonymity of being a guest in the episode of the same name. Eh, all right. Oh, here we go. Damon Lindelof has pointed to the Latina woman dressed as, in scrubs as support for the idea that the hotel is a magical space accessible to people besides Kevin. Fuck you, Owen. <laughs> <laughs> Let's find your bird. If you listen carefully to what she's saying, that may give an in, in indication of an alternate theory. In an alter, in an alternate theory, okay. In her first appearance, she be she appears to be meeting with her own concierge slash guide in the parking garage. Oh, she's the girl in the parking garage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just as Kevin, so then, why did Locke give the taxi driver a tip? <laughs> it sounds like because he didn't know yet, Owen. That's why he did know the whole time. <laughs> All right, listen. Get so, out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, um, I feel like it's the same conversation, though. You know what I mean? The woman. Yeah, no, for sure. Linda Lock, there are like, parallels. Like, yeah. Is it metaphor? Is it symbolism? <laughs> but it's also real. Like, I think all answers are right a lot of the time. Yeah. I have a thought. Okay. The woman whose body doubling is Patty. Oh, she just says she went to Columbia to get surgery. Yeah. She's not from Columbia. Yeah. Oh, because it could have been her heart then, you know. Oh, interesting. Probably potentially um, South American something. I don't know. It says the woman protests that she is not a doctor. In her second appearance during the fire alarm evacuation, the woman is excitedly explaining to a hotel employee that she has a human heart in the cooler she's carrying, and if he does not let her in, someone will die. Lindelof is presumably implying that this woman is on her own mission, like Kevin. Although in the interview, Lindelof says that he does not believe Kevin speaks Spanish. Kevin does speak stilted but serviceable Spanish in Solace for Tired Feet. But it is arguably unlikely. That's right. It is arguably unlikely that he would be able to dream in Spanish as quickly and fluently as the two women speaking. Wow. So she's like on her own mission at the hotel. That is very cool that I did not pick up on. Spinoff series. <laughs> I smell a spinoff. You could do Mary's Erica Berries coming to HBO. <laughs> Erica Berries. You could do a Mary's Coma spinoff too. Mary's Coma. <laughs> Question. Brain come up with stuff in dreams that is surprising to the other part of your brain as it's realizing it happening in the dream. You know what I'm talking about? Wait, say again. You can like scare yourself or surprise yourself in a dream. But you can't yeah. speak fluent Spanish like, if you don't f- speak fluent Spanish. But f- no, but like, I'll be editing footage in a dream that my brain is creating for me, but then the other part of my brain in the dream is going like, 
oh, I got to look at this shot because I got to look at this and whatever. But my brain's inventing footage that I haven't seen before in a dream. But it's still subconsciously stuff you've seen, though. It's stuff you've no, seen no, no. in the world at some point. At like, some point, You've yeah. seen a tree before and you've seen a road before. Oh, so, like, a unique tree dream. and road is okay Absolutely to not. You cannot imagine. And this, this conversation Are you is, kidding me? This conversation is heading toward... This is heresy and I will mute you all. Heresy. Treason. Some would say it's crimson. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Ah, fuck. All right. Uh, Did you guys know that the drug that Kevin Sr. talks about is a fake drug called God's Tongue? It doesn't exist in real life. Oh, I didn't. I thought it was just ayahuasca. I bet there's a marijuana strain out there named it. Oh, that's great. Patty's security guard congratulating <laughs> Kevin on being well endowed references the tabloid focus on Justin Thoreau's sweatpants bulge and paparazzi photos taken during the shooting of the pilot. That was oh. Jamie's favorite part. <laughs> yeah, also just the footage from the show. You don't need paparazzi pics to see that ding. You can see the dingling in the show, too. I say fuck, too. Uh, Patty's line uh, that the polls say the guilty wait Patty's line that the polls say the guilty remnants message is confusing is another reference to criticism of the show's depiction of the guilty remnant in the first season yeah and actually what it is it is actually confusing and dingle Patty says our cave collapsed referencing the opening scene of the second season premiere Steve and I squealed yeah did you get that Brett that clip no, did you remember her saying that, or did you, or you got the clip? Yes, I didn't pull that as a clip. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to know if you heard it. that part. Yeah, and in my head, I thought that better not be the only connection to that opening bit in season two. Um, no, I think that says a lot about the whole town and the whole show. It's just yeah, it's just human nature that that is an example for the community having to come together. Maybe you're not all immediate family members, but that's under extreme circumstances humanity well transparently i had forgotten about the way that season two opened and then that (laughs) reminded me and i was like that better mean something but wait there is more that it means because in that interaction oh wait there's more (laughs) (laughs) let's find your bird in that interaction she's talking about like survival like people either she talks about a baby be having attachment issues and not being able to love so quickly and if that's like right. a negative or can it be turned into oh, a strength adopted. and all that yeah, yeah, yeah. she talks about that's that right. whole right. stream and to me that's everything about that is about the opening of season two it's like they took the same it's like they took the same basic outline of a concept and they gave it to three different filmmakers and were like make it and one of them is a bunch of scenes from the leftovers one of them is the scene from the hotel and one of them is the scene that opens season two like they're just three different ways to tell the same yeah, basic kind of, story yeah they're they're really connecting it for sure. yeah they're just kind of giving you different characters different setup but to tell the same story so that's hammered and it kind of pertains slightly to even our situation in, in humanity where we kind of have experienced this huge change in the planet and this huge change for people and humanity and yeah we all have to like figure out what to do now that the cave collapsed you know we have to like figure out how we're gonna fix things and and make a edition of leftovers where they cgi masks on everybody (laughs) (laughs) what if they did that like et and star wars stuff Uh, (laughs) um would it be even rougher to watch now oh my god (laughs) do you guys remember 
on uh, when when Kevin's being taken to Patty's suite, there's like someone in an executioner's hood being escorted out by a guilty remnant yeah. member. I didn't think it was an executioner's oh, hood. Yeah. And he was wearing the, the police uniform. uniform. Yeah, yeah. Kevin. A Mapleton police uniform. Was it yeah. Mapleton? And uh, it's and what it's saying here is that it seems to be the one that was in Kevin's closet. Yeah. Whereas the priest Kevin later sees in the elevator is wearing a different vestment than the one that had been in Kevin's closet. Whoa. So it's interesting. It's almost and like didn't he also kind of look like a younger Matt? Oh, the priest. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Shit. He is very Matt. Expression. Yeah, who the fuck? What, what was with that priest? Anyway, we're going like... to have to wait till Kevin's closet next spring. <laughs> <laughs> From the creators of uh, Mary's the, the, Coma. The other place. <laughs> From the creators Mary's of Erica's Berries. <laughs> Erica Berries. Um, and The Good Place. Aside from Mary. And The Good Place. Who is brain Can we dead. have posters? Somebody should make a poster for Erica Berries, Mary's, Mary's coma, coma. and Kevin's Closet. Kevin's Closet. <laughs> wow, the oh, trilogy. Aside, <laughs> aside from... <laughs> Aside from Mary, who is brain dead and potentially between two worlds. Between two ferns. And David Burton, who has previously gone to the other side and come back at least once. Neil is the only real world character in the hotel. So that is David Burton, Alana. No, they said because he had gone there and come back. They didn't confirm that the guy on the bridge is DB. Neil is the only real world character in the hotel who has not been confirmed dead in the real world road rules. Challenge. Although he claims to have choked on a piece of chicken, he was seemingly alive a few months earlier in Gladys when Patty left a bag of feces on his doorstep. That's true. That was barely a few months. It's been like a year since then. Hmm. The script says that Look when, how old the baby is. You could choke on it's a chicken. It's totally been anyway. like a year. You could choke on a chicken any time of the day. The script says that when young Patty opens the door to her room for Kevin, Patty is still wearing the sign that reads, I need to keep my mouth shut, implying an earlier scene that was cut from the final edit where she was seen with the sign. Hmm. What was she doing with it? What the heck? I don't know. That's not enough info, Wiki. Virgil says the well is a straight shot out of the I-55. Interstate 55 does not go through Texas. It runs from Chicago into Louisiana. So you're right. Mm. Location ambiguous. When Kevin and Patty go to the well, Kevin drives the same white Mercedes Evie and her friends disappeared from in Axis Mundi. Even the license plate number is the same. (gasps) Damn. Um, I was wondering if they were going to do that because they showed the license plate so clear. The well is in the exact spot where the cave woman died in the opening scene of Axis Mundi. Per the pamphlet, it is called the Orphan's Well, presumably referring to the cave woman's baby, and was built by indigenous peoples. Interestingly, the well does not seem to exist on that spot in our reality. This again provides support for a mystical interpretation of this episode's reality, as Kevin would have no way of knowing about the cave woman and her baby. Yeah, parallel. That's reality. interesting. Let me ask you another question. Okay. Does the fact that we don't see the three girls at the hotel infer that they're not dead? Or that they are dead and passed on if it's like a limbo space? Yeah, seemingly. If passed beyond yeah. it. Beyond it. 
But I, I mean, was... within the construct of the show, if they wanted us to know they were dead, they would have shown them, right? Seemingly. Just, like, kicking it at the pool or something? I fi- no, I don't I, think that... I, mean... I don't think the hotel means dead. I think the hotel is between dead. It's like on your way, like you haven't gone to the light yet, so to speak. Yeah, That like... bird is dead. And then once it's dead, dead, yeah. it goes all the way. Like once he kills Patty, she goes all the way. Once whatever that... happens, they go all the way. That means that bird's purpose was he to be crushed by a binder? No, it's in the in, it's in this in between. Oh, it's somewhere now. where it doesn't yeah. belong. Like Kevin is pretty. Yeah, much. exactly. Yeah. Like it feels like it's an interim yeah, space. Yeah, the yeah. hotel. A hotel is a place where you're visiting. You know, it's not a place where you're like Wait, in what? your done spot now. I thought a hotel is where you live now. <laughs> <laughs> um, according it's to funny because when you guys look at each other on my screen, you're looking away from I go each the other. Opposite oh, ways. No, I, I know. But I, just now, I wasn't looking at her. Really, I looked out the Yeah, window. but this time on my screen, you sure were. Oh, okay. Can I move you? <laughs> Steve? Oh, no. It was the first time you turned into oh, that's Alana funny. That's, properly. That's really Steve. funny. Hey, Steve. Yeah, the order in mine is Alana first, and then Brett, and then Owen, and then me. Uh, guys, according to the brochure, the Orphan's Well forms a conduit between the world of the living and the spirit world, also known as an Axis Mundi, which is the title of the second season premiere. I never knew what an Axis Mundi was. Book to show, Kevin summarizes Patty and the Guilty Remnant's message as wanting to destroy families. In the book, the Guilty Remnant's philosophy describes family as one of the discredited forms post-departure. What? 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 A discredited form? (laughs) A discredited form. (laughs) We read that whole statement again. Kevin summarizes Patty and the Guilty Remnant's message. Patty and the Guilty Remnant is my... N- new favorite TV show. That's a spinoff Patty of Kevin's Closet. and the Closet. Guilty Remnant? Yeah. That's, that's a spinoff of Kevin's Closet. It's a it's a, f- a three-cam uh, audience <laughs> sitcom, sitcom where all the Guilty Remnant live in a house together, and they like have to, they get into all sorts and of they mischief. And they, they create a band, the and Patty is, is the lead signs, singer. The people in the audience still laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, one of mm-hmm. them, like, never talks, and some of them will go off and, like, talk, you know, just and they beca- breaking the They rules. create a band, like a stomp-style band, and no, Patty's the lead. A, it's just a, it's a band where all the words are done by yeah, cards. Yeah, the words are done, but then there's beats <laughs> done on, like, trash cans and stuff. Like, the, like everyone's <laughs> playing the beat of a song, and it sounds like there should be choruses and stuff, but it's just the cards <laughs> come up for all the lyrics. <laughs> Hello. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so that's it from the Wikipedia on that that's episode. It. But I did pull up something Damon Lindelof said way back when the show first aired. And he was talked a little bit about the episode. Um, and I wanted to read a little bit of this to you guys, and then we can get into clips and shit or talk about some more stuff. But um, Our cave collapsed, Kevin. Arcade fire, Kevin. Series co-creator Damon Lindelof, who has been in radio silence mode for much of the season, briefly lifted his self-imposed gag order Sunday night, sharing with TV Line the following statement about International Assassin. The Leftovers is a show based on a supernatural premise, and although we want the storytelling to feel as grounded as possible, the presence of Patty after her death flirts directly with that premise. Mmm. Mmm, delicious. Delicious. What is this, Karen Berry? (laughs) Um, it's Erica Berries. Erica Berries. Berries. Sorry, my bad. Berries are disgusting. (laughs) 
There are those who don't like it when the show gets too weird, and there are likely to assume this episode was all in Kevin's head, an ongoing fever dream catalyzed by whether Virgil made him drink, a further manifestation of the psychosis Lori diagnosed, of whatever Virgil made him drink. There are also those who will assign a supernatural interpretation to this episode. God damn it, here goes Lindelof with the purgatory nonsense again. We get it, asshole. It is not our... It's not our place to explain ourselves nor clarify this debate. The show has to speak for itself on this front. I make no apologies for this as Tom, the writers, and I have always been upfront about the storytelling on this show being purposefully ambiguous. The Leftovers isn't about answers. It's about the frustration of not getting them and the emotional state that drives our characters too. Like throwing yeah, rocks. We need some freaking answers, clip. Up. <laughs> I need some freaking oh, That's a different show. He said at the beginning, we're never going to know about the departure, right? I can't remember. Oh, did he? I can't remember I that. So. I kind of came to that. I came to that. Uh, I made my peace with that last week. He, he might not have said it that way, but it was, at the very least, he was like, unlike Lost, this is really just about the characters. Oh, I guess they kind of say that about Lost anyways. But he's like, don't worry about the mystery. Stuff let the mystery be yeah exactly let like the mystery be oh it made me so sad to hear that song again <laughs> i love it <laughs> um he says it's about the frustration of not getting them and the emotional state that drives our characters too like throwing rocks through the windows of people we feel sympathy for or drinking poison all that said our intentions here were si- was simple Uh, to try to do something different and unexpected and, above all, emotional. And regardless of what people think of the writing and or storytelling, I hope they can appreciate the incredible performances from Justin and Anne, who committed to this fully and fearlessly. I'm proud and honored to be the beneficiary of their immense talents. Oh, and there's still two episodes to go. Which one's Anne? Anne Dowd plays Patty. Oh. Yeah. Uh, also got Watchmen vibes with the like same piece of classical music being yeah. used for the entire episode. Yeah. It was like when um, what's his name when they kept Ozymandias every time right. he had that same piece of music. Play. Which I think the piece of music is it's is it? I don't know why that works. If you if you it's, put that it in, really any... was impactful on this. I episode. know, but yeah, yeah it it's... led to the whole like um, international spy kind of vibe. Yeah. There's a lot. Of, uh, I don't know. I feel like James Bond and stuff is always at the opera doing something, or maybe that was once in one movie. But to, uh, to you, that was like the same piece of music just keeps coming in over and over, and I'm like, "What do you think?" You'd be like, "Are you out of your mind?" <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, we're, it also though. helps us feel like we're in a specific like world, and that's yeah. the world. It's like this is what the oxygen smells like here this music so it's just always going to be there for those curious also, one immediate, it made me want to see a justin throw bond yeah. oh my god he's, he might be too what, old he now if he can do a good british accent ugh, he's not too old isn't you know he from he's Bonds like australian are? i think he's an right? east coast boy no 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 he's I an think american i thought he was american he's american we'll, we'll get to that in a second but i wanted to say for those curious the music track is apparently called that piece of music is called Nabucco, chorus of the Hebrew slaves. Whoa. Yeah. I don't know if there's any significance Our to that. Our cave collapsed, Kevin. All right, well, how about we get to He's some clips? He's from Washington, D.C. I just want to close that loop. Oh, great. Nice work, Brett. But he does a great British accent in Your Highness. 
<laughs> oh, that's a movie I'll never see again in my life. All oh, right, let's go to movie. clips. How about that, guys? You want clip. to just... clip? You guys want to do some clips? Clip, clip, Kevin. Kevin. What the fuck, Joe? Oh wait, isn't the reason why we didn't do this one because it's a copywritten song? I have no idea. I don't think so. I don't think so. Are you sure? No. no. Alright. But I don't think so. <laughs> what the fuck, Joe? If this isn't available for you to watch in video form, it's because of this Clips? track. <laughs> yes. Oh, I, I feel like someone made this for us. Jackpot. All right. All right. I ate the last of this delicious omelet Alana made for me. Shout out to Alana. Oh, Shout out to the chickens who provided their babies to me. <laughs> Put we some Erica's berries in last there. Night. What's that? What about last night? Do you guys think that we all died last night and we're in like some sort of limbo right now? You know what? I will no. say, because of all the motherfucking fireworks in L.A., the air quality is apparently hazardous in Los Angeles right now. And if you go outside, <laughs> if you go outside, you cannot see any horizon whatsoever. And it actually kind of stings your eyes a little bit. Brett, how, I've never experienced it. I've never experienced anything like it. It was three or four hours nonstop. Yeah, nonstop. Yeah. Nonstop, like, like, you know, the sounds of rain, how many driplets there yeah. are. It was like that of, fireworks like we were watching we're in jersey and it sounded like we were at war yeah that's what yeah. it sounded like here <laughs> it was just like oh this is it this is what it this is what it sounds like and it was re weirdly unsettling jersey boy i felt like i was in like a haunting like miyazaki movie sequence mm. <laughs> all right let's get to it some didn't clips. bother me all right. no no but it was truly bizarre it was crazy yeah, it was a lot. All right, clip time, motherfuckers. Here's the first clip. Kevin. She's not here, Kevin. <laughs> She's not here, Kevin. 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 She's not here, Kevin. 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 She's not here, Kevin. 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 Kevin's closet. Kevin. Kevin. She's not here, Kevin. Kevin. She's not here, Kevin. Kevin. All right. Next clip. Kevin. Next clip. Really? You want me to go outside to say fuck? Sounds <laughs> <laughs> like an invitation. Shit, where's that other one? I say fuck, too. There we go. Lots of good fucks in this show. Tell him it was sex stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear it again. Yeah. Tell him it was sex stuff. <laughs> Kevin? <laughs> Tell him it was sex stuff. Kevin. <laughs> in Cairo, Egypt, there is an ancient artifact. It's in a museum now. They found it in the tomb of Amenhotep. Scholars call it the wishing cup. You need to acquire this cup. It's more of a chalice, actually. It's going to be heavily guarded, but you need to get it any way you can. Because once you do, you need to fill it. With your cum, Kevin. And then you need to drink it down. Every last drop. 
so we're watching this. I know she's fucking with him, but this is the first episode Jamie has seen. And the whole time I'm like, I really hope she thinks this is what's happening next. I'm like, well, I guess they're going to go to Cairo now. <laughs> this motherfucker's going to go to Cairo. And just jerk off for the whole next episode. Wow. Fuck, that's so good. That's a great clip. I'm going to open this show with that. Wake up. <laughs> what? Wake up. We wanted to wake, wake up. up. We wanted him to go wake up. Wake up. He tried to wake him up from when he was. Great. <laughs> yeah, it's Virgil going wake up. Wake up, Kevin. That's borderline racist. What that is. Oh yeah, I wanted that clip because that's gonna come in handy in the future. Handy, yeah. yeah. That's borderline racist. What that is. What right. that is. A magical black man in the woods. <laughs> oh yeah. That's borderline racist. Sorry. There's a bird in here. <laughs> Sorry. There's a bird in here. <laughs> There's a bird in here. I got the bird. The fire alarm went off, sir, and we have a bird loose in the lobby. <laughs> we have a bird loose in the lobby. Sorry. There's a bird in here. The fire alarm went off, sir, and we have a bird loose in the lobby. <laughs> Let's find your bird. You you want to take a bird with you? <laughs> a lot of birds in this one. Is birds the new eggs? Yes. Absolutely. The eggs have hatched and they're now birds. <laughs> what is that? Into your hand. <coughs> Got it. Did you put the born on it? <laughs> wanted to go yeah <laughs> he says your videos right on it yeah no wayne will you shoot this motherfucker in the face for me <laughs> wayne will you shoot this motherfucker in the face for me remember wayne. when he's when garth said that in wayne's world <laughs> yeah. he get lots of shit well received technically mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he get lots of shit well received, technically. Mm-hmm. All right. Last Kevin? clip. Patty was shitting on his chest a lot just to make him happy. No, she I never wasn't. Asked her. That was the whole thing. He never asked her to shit on her oh, chest. On that, oh, okay. Yeah, I he did say that. that. He said that she he, she thought it was weird that he never asked her. Not weird. It was. It, I mean, it says how much he cared about her, how intimate he was with her, et cetera, et cetera. That's what it was. Is like a big reason for their breakup outside of how abusive he Kevin? was. All right. Well, that's it for clips, guys. What do you say? No, we jump there's up? one more clip. There is? Oh, yeah, there is. You're right. It's this one. I got it. I got it, people. I got the bird. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear it again. It's clapping. I got it. Got it, people. I got the bird. Thank you. Can I request a bird in here? The fire alarm went off, sir, and we have a bird loose in the lobby. You you want to take a bird with? Let's you? find your bird. Can I request you play the fire alarm or you play the bird? I got the bird one, and then follow it up with when they all start clapping and saying word, fucking oh, yeah, whatever fuck that ourselves. chant. Yeah. Yeah. Back I got in- it. I 
Scatty people, I got the bird. Go fuck herself! Go fuck herself! Go fuck herself! Hey, Officer Mustard Stay! Go fuck herself! Go fuck herself! Go fuck herself! Go fuck herself! Well, Kevin, that there looks like a fellow who's a solution to all our problems. All right. I Jesus want a back-to-back Christ. of the bird with the go fuck ourselves. I caught it. All right. What do you guys say we jump into some <laughs> emails? Kevin. Took your top. Fuck your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's nice. Officer Mustard Stain. Time for some emails. Get down to pit four. There's fucking birds on the table. <laughs> What's that from? It's from when he's at the casino and the pigeons are on the... Wow, I forgot the <laughs> damn bird. Get down to pit four. There's fucking birds on the table. Got him. I got the Jill, bird. Did you steal the baby Jesus? <laughs> did you steal the baby Jesus? I have shovels in my trunk. <laughs> Is that your son? Mm-hmm. Kid's an asshole. <laughs> Was that hard enough, or do I need another or? All right. <laughs> wow. So many clips. First email comes from Charles Breadstick. It says, hey, bitch boys and fuckos. My name is Chunky Bunky, and I'm your best pal. Here's Beautiful a, poetry. Here's a hot clip for you boys. I hope you love it a lot. All right. It's called Good Clip. Here it comes. Get ready. Sorry about the dog. (laughs) (laughs) I love the clip. Charlie Breadstick. What the fuck? (laughs) That's the clip? Yeah. Once again. Sorry about the dog. (laughs) (laughs) I love the clip. Charlie Breadstick. That's a good clip. This next Whoa. clip comes from Max, everybody. Max in the house. Jackpot. Oh, shit. We got a player got here. Him. Hey, Alana, Brett, Steve, and Owen. <gasps> Hopefully, Owen is actually there and not looking like a damn fool right now. <laughs> He's both. <laughs> oh, he says, I hope I'm not looking like a damn fool because he said hi to Owen. Theories and questions. One, I guess that was the hotel David Burton was talking about. Checked out of a hotel from that incomprehensible Australian accent. <laughs> Mulsy bites. What do you guys think of the other outfits in Kevin's wardrobe and the people wearing them? Were they also trying to get rid of their force ghosts? <laughs> they were trying to get rid of their foreskin. Yes, their body bag skin. Their whole episode was just about <laughs> circumcision. Did Mary die, or could she be stuck in limbo and she's trying to come back to life? <clears throat> I think we know she is. Isn't that what that type of vegetative state is? Lastly, I don't think we know anything. I don't okay. think we know anything. Either, okay, okay, but we're, okay, we're definitely okay, we've got okay, a lot okay, of theories though. Lastly, I think Kevin definitely has some sort of higher purpose. And that's why he keeps getting saved by earthquakes. Maybe his tattoos are some sort of scripture 
some prison break-esque stuff. That's all, folks. Love, Max. I have been wondering about his tattoos. Me too. Is that his? I thought, no Thoreau? mention of them. Yeah, those are his real I thought, tattoos. Yeah, those are Justin Thoreau's tattoos, right? So yeah. I'm not taking them as Oh, character. are they really? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah, he's a very okay, tattooed then. up boy. That one on his back and everything, that's real. He's an Erica Berry. He's a beautiful Berries. man. He's a gorgeous man. Beautiful man. Dude's gorgeous. He's a delight. Beto sends us an email. Go fuck herself. <laughs> and wait, where's the where's my uh shit? Do I still have it? Oh, here it is. Oh no! Damn. I I thought I still had my uh go fuck yourself, Becca de Goo. Beto <laughs> Guevara says, Hello, Steve, Alana, and Brett. Is that Owen I see there? <gasps> oh no, is that's Beto the new or this season's Dan. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yes. It's the leftovers, Dan. He says, oh, no, that's not Owen. That's just Patty again. My bad. How did he know? <laughs> oh, my God. He predicted it. Owen, can you tell us once and for all, do you smoke to remember that the world ended? <laughs> he smokes to remember. my legitimate answer for that. It seems about right. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Then that's okay. Uh, from episode 207, Beto says, I henceforth ask that everyone's junk gets called that foul machinery below the waist which transgresses the laws of men. Yeah, what a line. <laughs> yes, Crazy Santa living in the tower is a living, breathing success story if I ever saw one. <laughs> I can see why Michael gives food to Crazy Tower Santa all the time. Also, that that's why John doesn't want Michael giving him food. He has a connection to Virgil. Yeah. It's a really good point. That's fantastic. I do not yeah. remember any TV cliffhanger being this good. I cannot imagine having to wait a week for the next episode after that. And we certainly yeah, did. Yeah, how was that? I was talking to Alana about it. It was really insane to, first of all, see the main character of the show die. Because then you're like, well, I guess, is it possible? I mean, this show is already pretty bonkers and 2% of the world disappeared. So is it possible that and they just killed? And it's 2% magic on this show. Wow. <laughs> <It> could be 2% <laughs> Magic. Now, but like at this point, I know magic. that he's in the third season, so well, it's not sure. as you know disturbing or upsetting for me. But you, yeah, but is watching that, it real time. But is that really Kevin in season three, or is that someone else? Oh, I don't know. I mean, this is Damon Lindelof. At this point, Kevin could be literally dead, and the rest of the show could be in purgatory. Yeah, Kevin. Like Kevin. having been super familiar with Lost and stuff, I don't think it was that. Like, it was a shocking moment, but it wasn't like. Do you think he could really be dead? Like, probably not. <laughs> I mean, I really I thought... Mean, he might not have even died, in theory. Dude, if I'm watching it and that happens and the next week he's not on it and we're focused on John, is John the neighbor? <gasps> yeah. Yeah. I would be like, I'm in, let's go. What? Give me I John's know. story. Exactly, that's what I was thinking. I, I actually felt that way in the beginning of the season, too. It felt like it was just going to be about John and his family and we weren't going to see Justin Thoreau at all. Yeah. But um but yeah, the fact I mean it was really difficult to see that episode and then have to wait a week especially being as obsessed with the show as I was at the time and it it was just really shocking. Um Speaking of John and his family, I was sad that I didn't get to see Regina King. I know. I know. I'm looking forward to that. Or Coons. She'll be back. Oh yeah. yeah well, a little, a little, only a little. We got a, a tiny little bit of Coons. Yeah. That's so true. episode you know, you're the only one that's stopping you from continuing to watch the show with us. <laughs> <laughs> that's true 
You could really keep... only handle happy things right now, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not a spoiler or anything. 208. What? Well, no one's. <laughs> the music oh. is. The music is very Watchmen like. It reminded me of every time we saw Ozymandias in Europa. There you go. Mm-hmm. Virgil said Kevin needed a guide. If he kills himself, he can guide Kevin in the afterlife as well as atone for his sins. Yes. Anytime someone says, don't drink the water here, I am instantly interested. I guess it's a trope, but it gets me every time. Trope, he means. Is it a trope? I get you could say it's a trope, but it's not without meaning. Like it still means something every like, time. Don't drink the water. Sure. Um, Dead Wayne is way more interesting than the Huggy Live one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love, dude. I fucking love. We need to talk just very quickly about the subtlety in that moment when he's whis- when it seems like he's gonna tell Kevin one more thing. And you see that weird look in his oh, face. And... But it was literally because he was just listening to mm-hmm. someone talking to him on his headset, which has totally happened to me in real life. Oh, and I'm sure it's happened to, it's us happened to all of you. Many times because we work on sets. But it's it's such a fun psych out moment where you're like, holy shit, holy Wayne. He's got to say something to Kevin, right? That'll be some kind of mystery revealing thing. Or maybe we'll get a new mystery or whatever. But instead he's just like, no, no. Oh, she's coming down. Okay, we'll see you in a sec. Okay, good to meet you. <laughs> I like, loved it. So he is so good on Peep Show. Oh yeah, that's what I know him from. That's I'm like I know Alan him with Johnson. a British accent. What yeah, is it? Yeah, Peep yeah. Peep Show. Yeah. Did you know Malcolm worked with him, Owen? Yeah, he was on Timeless. I think he was on right? Timeless. Or, yeah, yeah. Somebody, I started looking up all the different cast people, and then like Virgil was in the Blues Brothers movie and all kinds. Oh of shit! Stuff. Hey, is that it? Makes, he looked really familiar. Yeah. Should we just do Timeless next season and have Malcolm be a, per, a guest on every episode? <laughs> would he want to? Yeah. I never saw it. He would love it. I, I never saw it, it either. Um, anytime, let's see, Patty says our cave collapsed and we can spend our lives looking through the rubble mm-hmm. or we can transform. Cool connection to the first episode of the season. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. we could roll right into Preacher. Yeah, I'm into that. <laughs> No wife, no kid, no responsibilities. That's a great job. I can see why you picked it. Either Neil is full of wisdom or Kevin is very transparent. Yeah. Well, I don't think Neil's full of wisdom. Did the guy at the bridge sound slightly Australian to anyone else? Yes, Australian. Yes. Damn, Tundra, is this show good yeah. or what? Until next week, Don Beto. Do you guys think... Why do you think the guy was Australian? Do you think it was David... Uh, David Burton? David Burton it's very or possible. someone else? It's possible, but I guess we didn't get an indication that David Burton died again, and I guess the timeline wouldn't really work out since but he But does time risen. matter? Because it's a well, parallel universe, so time could be different. His dad is also his in Australia. His dad is in Australia, yeah. So if his dad's sending people to do stuff in the, in the purgatory... You think he is? He could have just as easily sent this this gentleman. Well, we were we were talking about this theory because we were thinking maybe he sent the flowers to Mary as well. Yeah, but sending right. flowers and sending a person are two totally different things. That's true, I think. And also, um, are they? <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it's quarantine. <laughs> 
All right, Darren Hicks sends an email saying, a Wild Season 2 Episode 8 trivia fact appears. Hey, beautiful humans. A couple of quick things before I jump into the murat of this email. Number one. Murat? Off-Ramp is an amazing episode and in my top five of the series. Steve, you crazy. Hashtag Steve, no. Nah, I'm just not interested in... What's Off-Ramp? It's the one with Tom and Lori and... uh, Oh, okay. The one where they he get he becomes the new Holy Wayne, pretty mm-hmm, much. Mm-hmm. Number two, No Room at the Inn is an amazing episode. Alana and Brett, you crazy. Hashtag Steve all right. <laughs> okay, here it is. Episode eight, International Assassin, and episode six, Lens, were both directed by Craig Zobel. In addition to the mm-hmm. film's Compliance, also starring Ann Dowd, and The Hunt, written by Damon Lindelof, in 1996, Craig and two brothers named Mike and Matt Chapman wrote a storybook while interning for the Atlanta Olympics called The Home Star Runner Enters the Strongest Man in the World Contest. This book would then go on to become the internet cartoon sensation known as Home Star Runner. Whoa. That's incredible trivia. So that's... The Home Star? Wait, what? Now what you're saying, Craig Zobel Craig co-created Z- Homestar Runner? Yeah. Uh, none of that makes sense to me. Will somebody put that into terms <laughs> well, of know, someone else? Do you know what Homestar Runner is? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Well, it was this very popular Flash cartoon with a guy who sounded like this, and he had a Mexican wrestler hat on, and he was animated, and he sounded like this. I hear you, but it doesn't ring a bell. Strong his name was Strong Bad. And then there was like a bunch of other characters. It and the interesting funny. thing about this is just is the finding guy... out that this person made something here. It's not yeah. it doesn't have anything to do with leftovers though. No, no. But I'll be honest. Okay. But that's Alana, a big deal. This is worth a quick Google search. Sobel directed International Assassin, yes. and he di- uh-huh. and he co-wrote the Hunt that just came out. What's and the he Hunt? Directed it. The Hunt is Damon Lindelof's mo- Damon Lindelof's movie where they're hunting Republicans. And I think he also. Are Republicans on... are hunting liberals. <laughs> I can't remember. No, no, the yeah, liberals was... are hunting the Republicans. Yeah. Republicans, right? I wish it was a little better, but it was pretty good. But they also it's fun. he also worked on Watchmen too, so um, he's been on Leftovers and Watchmen and stuff. And apparently, he co-created all. Man, I gotta show Alana some Homestar Runner because that's that's some good times. She'll get the just show her like a couple little ones. She'll get the gist of it. I'll watch it if you dang watch Bravest Warriors already. <laughs> All right. Anyway, and then so, watch Happy Tree Friends right after. Oh man, Happy Tree Friends. Anyway, so he says that's it from Goofy Cartoon Storybook to directing an episode of television set in an afterlife hotel where a grown man also pushes a little girl down a well. Craig Zobel, a true visionary. Thanks, all, Darren. Wow, Darren, that's great. That's great. Thanks, Darren. That was a great email. Thanks, Darren. That might have been the best email we've ever gotten. <gasps> Snaps for Darren. Email We're just going to believe that on face value, like Patty saying that Sure. the Lincoln assassination was not about racism. <laughs> Moving right. on. Okay, Olivia. Well, that was the body double. She might be bullshitting. That's true. That's true. Olivia Retchu says, I'm calling it. Good morning, Steve, Alana, Brett, and Owen. I just finished this week's episodes, and from the first dramatic music cue in the hotel room, I thought, this has to be the episode Owen says is his favorite. If by chance I bungled it, and this isn't the episode Owen is talking about, then I can't wait to see what he considers his favorite. Can you wait to see what Brett considers his favorite? (laughs) 
Um, I bet. I bet she can. <laughs> it. I thought. In the two, I thought the after the after seven, Brett was gonna think that's the one we were referring to. Once I saw that again, I was like, that is a really. I I thing. thought it was eight. I think Steve might have said it at some point, but as I was watching seven, I was like, well, this is the best episode, so he must be talking about this one. <laughs> I had a feeling you would think that. Yeah, I also like three oh two a lot. Oh yeah. You know how I like to get my answers, Owen. Um. Well, they make you thirsty for answers. I thought International Assassin was a bold departure from the season's previous pace, and I was worried that it was so different it was going to be like across the sea episode of Lost, but was on the edge of my seat the whole time. When Kevin came out of the ground, I have never been so tempted to disrespect the format and go forward. Me too. Also, oh man, when we finished episode seven, seven I alana alana's face you guys hashtag alana's face first of all she was sitting like up completely and with her mouth completely wide open like staring at the screen eyes wide and she was like if this was the second episode and we couldn't watch the next one i would just i would kill somebody to watch the next no i said i would say fuck you and watch the next one (laughs) i wouldn't right as seven ended jamie looked at me and she goes you need to watch two right and I was like, yeah, yeah. She's okay, next one. <laughs> I love it. Will Jamie stick around for the rest of the show? She should pop on. What are her thoughts we'll having not seen the first season and a half? <laughs> yeah. Well, see, it was funny how quickly she was in. And then the end of episode seven, eight, she was like, oh, so we're just back to the, the end of seven. And I was like, yeah, she's like, okay, and went upstairs. <laughs> well, there so go. it was no like, oh, let's keep going. You know, she's fickle. That's a total way to feel about this show. Um, also, when Kevin drank the poison in episode seven, I yelled out, holy shit, he's going to control alt delete Kevin like an old computer and then gasped even louder when he squeezed the medicine onto the floor. I can't stop thinking about the concept of the hotel and the parallels it draws. Oops, can't say that. Sorry, Alana, for bringing up Lost. I'm not going to say what she said, but um, or uh, he or she. The way I see it, the hotel was a place when people's where people's souls go after they die. So if you haven't talked about it already, why do you guys think Mary was there? We certainly did. Can't wait to hear your thoughts this week, and I'll try my best not to go ahead. From Olive Retchu, P.S. When Kevin pushed Kid Patty in the well, I murmured, hashtag Kevin no empathy. <laughs> nah, I think he had the imp. So you're saying there was a spoiler that you did not read? What about it? You're saying there was a there was spoiler a lost that spoiler you did not read. That I did not read. Okay, yes. cool. Thank you. Um, Anthony Legshit says, what's, Leg shit? what's slap in there, dundles and bundles? My name is Connor Fenton, and I'm seven years old. Wait, wait. Anthony or Connor? What's going on? I liked this episode because it, it had a clip Alana, in it. he does this every week. Yeah, he does this every week. I like this episode because it had a clip in it. Patty explained her character in a nutshell, and I thought it was too important to skip over. You dords have missed the shit out of it, so I sent it to you. My name is Neil. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's the clip. Big country. <laughs> That's it? What? Big country. It just said big cunt. All right. Yahoo. She really did, she really did like, encapsulate real, like, briefly, like, all of her parental issues and everything. You got Patty's whole life. But. Yeah, totally. And it's so sad when she was like, it's okay, I'm stupid and I'm fat and dumb. And like Kevin's just like, shut up, stop it. 
Well, I have to kill you. This sucks. <laughs> I love the way he is with little girl Patty too. It's I know so sweet. he's very sweet. She's like, I'm tired, and he carries her like a good guy. I'll carry you. Um, no hesitation. No, no like, hesitation. Uh, yeah, he's like he knows he has to kill her, so he's like, all right, I'll carry her. I guess. I think he's also just uh, sweet in those ways when it's simple, and he can be. Um, like is. even said, like I feel bad for you. Right. Maggie Fast. Well, he's sends... got a daughter. You know, he's yeah. probably. I don't think those are. That's not there. Those aren't the areas of fatherhood he's bad at. It's the adult. That's true. The the older parts that he's bad. But at. you'd think for as much as he hates Patty and how much he sacrificed to go no kill her, essentially. If you met someone you hated as a baby and all of their wounds were well, yeah, transparent that, to I you, mean, yeah. you would do exactly the same. Well, thing. sure. That's and I think that's the point. It's like seeing her that way is like even more of a test. And that guy on the bridge was like, "If you kill that little girl, you'll never be the same." Um. You know, obviously because it's fucking terrible, you know, and he said it. He said he was like, I don't want to do this and I hate it. And, you know, anyway, Maggie Faf says. Reason... Oh, sorry. I was just going to ask, is there a reason uh, Carrie Coon was so mad that he told her he was seeing Patty? Yeah, because it was like another lie, essentially. Another? What other lie her. did he lie her? Well, he wasn't telling her the truth about himself. And then he fully came out and told her everything about last season and how he killed Patty and all of that and blah, 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 But he blah, wasn't blah. really lying to her about it. He was lying to his daughter well, about he was, it. Like, he just didn't specifically, like their relationship hadn't gotten there yet. Well, it's just because they promised to tell each other the truth yes. about everything and yes. then he was still, and then he kept yes. something from her. Yes. Mm. Um, you don't want to scare her off. I still think right? that she overreacted and it kind of makes me sad. I was wondering I, if I had missed something. Yeah. I, I liked her so I much. Was and I like if her she a little was less. like, he's dangerous. Like his father got out of control. Yeah. And Obviously she connected that. Maybe. Yeah. And she's like, I got I'm not safe here either. So, you know, and I think also, it also had to do with the Regina King scene. Totally. I think she didn't she, want to live next door to her. I would have gotten it if she left for her own reasons, but they're making it seem like she left because of Kevin. And he even when he talks to her, she's like, yeah, because you told me that is why I left. That to me, I don't fully buy yeah, it. But also she I was, don't hate them, but I don't fully buy yeah, it. But also she was like, I'm come uh, like, I'd like to come back too, and she called him. Yeah, that part I get. You I know? just don't buy that that Kevin shit would be the reason she'd leave. I mean, she she's way stronger than I mean, that. She didn't leave town. She took her kid and Mary somewhere, probably close by, and she wasn't like she didn't skip town and say yeah, fuck you Yeah, but she wouldn't forever. answer his calls for well, the whatever. longest time. For also, like, what, like oh, hours? she's still so traumatized for. Oh, days I, and I hours or whatever people... over this when she's been through all these other things and she's she comes out the other end like a fucking warrior champion yeah but again that conversation I think she can she handle had... having a conversation with him a little sooner yeah but i think the conversation, i just don't buy it the conversation she had with regina king also you for her own reasons but that doesn't make sense to me the kevin part uh anyway maggie well, I, I, I was curious Maggie Faff says, assassin, more like Kevin's ass in a tub. Hello, everyone. It's me, Maggie Faff, again. I'm so glad you all got some laughs from my previous email. Anyway, here's some more thoughts. A most, a most powerful adversary. Number one, what do we got here? A Kevin scissor hands? Number nice. two, characters on this show love to ask people they barely know very inappropriate questions. Like, which part? What is she referencing? Did I forget? I don't know. Hmm. Um, 
International assassin, I can't stop thinking about how Kevin's butt cheeks look like two very slippery hams. <laughs> Jamie went upstairs to grab coffee during that scene, so she missed it. Oh, wow. Why would Shame. you deny her, her that? Huh? Why would you deny her that? I wanted it all for myself. <laughs> Sometimes you got to have your own things. Number yeah. two, I think Justin Thoreau had a must had a must-be-moist clause in his contract. Uh-huh. Agreed. Alana I was saying it the whole time. kept calling him wet Kevin. The water thing, but yeah. Yeah, he kept falling into water or coming out of water or whatever. Number three, this episode is stressing me out, but also it's so good. Every scene has a purpose, and that's when you know, man. Mm-hmm. Number four, I watch with my boyfriend because he loves it as well, and he knew the Jeopardy answer. I am begging for help. I think he may be my patty. <laughs> That's great. Love y'all, Maggie. Thanks, Maggie. I'll- Thanks, Maggie. Ukraine is on the water, right? And it said it was like a landlocked country or something. The Ukraine? I didn't know the sizes of the countries. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Joseph O'Malley. I don't remember the question, I'll be honest. <laughs> Joseph O'Malley <laughs> sends an email saying, Hi, Steve, Alana, Brett, and hopefully Owen. I hope you're all doing wonderfully. We're finally at the highest rated episode of the series, and I can't wait to hear mm. your thoughts. Was the hotel real? David Burton says that he was in a hotel before he resurrected, but Kevin could easily have heard that on the news and internalized it, Whoa. much like what he knew about Neil or his meeting with Wayne. And we are simply seeing the last of his dying brain pulling from memories. Also, was that David Burton on the bridge? However, Virgil says the Tower Man has also gone through this, and so he may have written to Burton because he had the same experience, which suggests the hotel may be real. I'm personally still undecided at this point. This episode was full of symbolism, but I'll just mention one thing I'd love to hear your theories on. A bird indoors is an omen of death in many cultures. Obviously, this episode is all about death, but I'm I'm unsure what the implications could be of Virgil saying he hopes they don't catch the bird and the bird being killed. Any ideas? I love this podcast. Sad we've only got 10 more episodes of the show to go. See you next week for the season finale. I think the thing about the bird, uh, the theory you and I talked about, at least, I think we talked about it on this earlier. It was uh, that it was, um, oh, my God, uh, what's her name? Angela, Regina King, King, that it was Regina Mm -hmm. King's bird. Right. And that's why that's why he didn't want it killed, because it was a wish. The bird would grant a wish. The bird as a whole. Well, I feel like I hope they don't catch it means that he doesn't want it to be killed there because then it won't be able to come back. Exactly. Exactly. If yeah. if the bird is killed, the wish is not granted. Right. Well, or uh, I guess because the, the bird has to come back alive. I remember? like that. Yeah. I think the wish part of it, though. I should have figured that out. I, my personal theory about the wish aspect of the burying the birds thing is that. I don't think there's necessarily like an actual wish that comes true associated with it. I just think that there is possibly some supernatural element to the maybe the ground in Jarden because the mom was saying that she was told that there's something like mystical and powerful and magical about Jarden in general. The chosen place. And I think Kevin emerging from the dirt like 
kind of like the birds coming yeah. back in the boxes less so maybe to me means that there's some sort of wish aspect associated with the birds or Kevin or being buried in the ground there or whatever, but more so like the wish aspect of it is kind of like the, maybe the kind of stories your mom tells you aspect of it. But in reality, it's like, it's, it's really just like dying and going to that other place and then being able to come back from it. I think, I don't know. That's my opinion. I hear you, but I'm holding on to the wish. Okay. Daniel, the Echo Spider, says, I can't believe how far we've come. Hiya there. I gotta say, both of these episodes, for some reason, I couldn't get into the last until... Wait, what? I couldn't get into until the last 15 minutes. Whoa, this person's a robot. I think I'm not the biggest fan of Kevin's story. I want more of Nora and Matt. Check in on Tommy Boy, maybe. That being said, still enjoyable for the most part. I will miss Patty if this is the last of her. Take care, Daniel. Wow. Oh, Dan. That's totally, but if you're not in on Kevin, yeah. you're like, yeah, this was two pretty uninterrupted Kevin episodes. Right. Is there a reason like you're not in on Kevin? how we feel about Matt episodes, if you're not into the Kevin story, yeah, I bet this was like a real slog. You know, I can see why you wouldn't be into Kevin. Do you only think this guy's sense... a personal vendetta because he's like, you're too hot? <laughs> no, I think I think that there might be something associated <laughs> with probably not how Kevin's character is so like unsure and kind of dumb and impulsive and masculine uh, and a lot of and masculine traits. and a lot of the thing he screws up a lot of things and you know a lot of the solutions to the problems he's having could really be solved by just having like a conversation with the person that you're like having issues with. But, um, and I can understand that that sitcom syndrome, right. He's got sitcom syndrome and I understand that could be kind of like a boring trope, but, um, and especially since Nora is such a strong and amazing character that is impulsive also, but makes seemingly smarter decisions and, the same goes for a lot of the other characters. I mean, I, I guess it's interesting, though, to not like Kevin, but to like Matt. Yeah. Because Matt really And seems, Tommy. And Tommy, yeah, because Tommy's also really kind of, like, impulsive and masculine. Yeah, and... I'm not the biggest Tommy fan. I'm missing John right now. I need some more I'm John. I'm John, bit, too. When he was at the fire station, uh, firehouse, I was very like, oh, man. He's, he gives so much to every scene he's in. Totally. I feel like John's whole family is what I'm missing. Just a little bit of any of it. Yeah. Like we had enough Michael that I was like, all I right, more I'll handle Michael, it. Though. I just want more of them in yeah. general. I wonder, I, I can't remember, was Dan, Echo Spider Dan, more of a lock or a Jack? Oh, fan? that's a good question, Echo Spider. You want to let us know, Daniel? Um, I will say, I think I really. I have to think like, what, am, what was I? I feel like I was a Jack fan. <laughs> I think I was a up to a point though. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think I was a Jack fan, and then Sawyer completely took over. But Locke was always my number one. But if we're talking about Jack and Sawyer and shit, you um, guys talking about your favorite from In Sync? In Sync, yeah. That's right. That's right. 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 I like the, I like Joey Fatone, <laughs> the fat one. Oh, also the um, <clears throat> what was I gonna say about uh, the Kevin shit? Oh, I really liked Matt my first time through, and and um, really always loved Kevin. Uh, but this time around, I'm like kind of fleeting with Matt. I still think he's a great character because I love the actor so much. Kevin, I love still. 
but I'm really loving Michael this time around. I'm loving Michael, Michael more this time around. My, yeah. But I'm seeing more of him now as well. Matt, I no. Yeah. I mean, he's I think he's a really interesting character, but what they do with him is just like feels like pointless torture a lot to me. Yeah. All right. Well, Israel Chavez Lopez sends an email saying Leftovers Hotel. Hey, BB boys and girl, Israel here. This two episodes were fucking fantastic, especially episode eight. And there's so much to analyze, but I wanted to focus on just a little aspect of it. When Kevin is entering the parking lot in episode eight, there's a doctor talking in Spanish with another lady saying a human heart, but I'm not a doctor. On the next scene, <gasps> we see the same lady talking to the guard saying, this is a human heart. Please let me in. To me, this infers that there are other people at the same hotel at the same time doing their own missions in order to get back from the other place. Now, my question is... This guy's a smarty. Very smart, my friend. Well, it's because he speaks the language and he could totally hear what they were saying, which well, I kind of got fragmented helps. pieces of. But anyway, he says, now my question is, why was his dad on a different but similar place and not at the same hotel? I think it's parallel. Universe. That's it for today, guys. Hope you're doing fine and wearing a mask. Israel. Bye. I think Thanks, dad's Israel. in the real world. You're smart. Yeah, I think so too. I do too. I think it's a parallel universe. Our quote unquote real world. I think. I think. But that's the, the parallel hotel universe. represents purgatory. But the parallel universe theory is that that there is what we are living in is a universe, and there are ones living, uh, in the same occupying right, the same space living. on a different plane. Parallel universes are living. This <laughs> is on shit. If if a purgatory existed, it would exist as a parallel universe. Well, I guess it would be a, a place so. where there is a consciousness. It's a different layer. So there's a lot of parallel universes on this layer, but when you die, you go to the purgatory layer. I guess there's a lot of universes the on the purgatory is, layer. Okay, I hear I hear your theory. What? Say that again. Maybe there's parallel. slightly less that condense them down. Yeah. What about more of like an overlapping dimension than a parallel universe? Yeah, parallel science. universe is like split off like. I feel like different dimensions is the same theory uh, as yeah, a parallel universe. I think you universe. guys are all talking about the same thing. No, what 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 Brett said was different, and and I'll give you that. Sure, that's an interesting theory. It is I'll different. Take different. <laughs> it is different, Brett. We'll give you points for different. It was different. Oisin, is that how you say his name? Oh, I don't remember. So sends sorry. us an email <laughs> saying, I "Have a feeling." No, he says Kim, and he sends another message, another clip saying. Oisin Wasson. pronunciation guide two. Please. So here, here it is. Wasson. <laughs> shit. I forgot how to say his name. Oisin? Is it Oisin? Yes. Steve, my name is Oshin. Think about the ocean, right? Ocean. Ocean. We all know the ocean. So it's just that, but with two E's in there. Oshin. Say it with me. Oisin. No. Oshin. Oshin. There we go. Great. Okay. I know it's difficult, but you know it's Irish. I can't help it. Oh, it's oh, a great accent. Nobody sounds like that. Oisan. Steve, stop. Steve. Steve, nobody sounds like that. <laughs> Oshin, Oshin, and I, I love it. I can't wait for the third pronunciation guide. <laughs> and his accent peeking through. Cute. Oshin. Love it. Oshin. Love an accent. Oshin. Like, like Charlie Sheen. Well, now you imagine him Irish. You say Oshin, it makes sense. Oh, 
Sheen or Sean Lauren, down on the bridge of Killarney. <laughs> All right. Uh, why do you say Killarney? What is Killarney? Daniela C. <laughs> sends an email saying, best episode of TV. Oh, shit. We got to play. Hey there, first-timers. International Assassin is the best episode of TV ever, in my opinion. Hopefully Brett liked it, but considering he didn't like the constant, I'm not so sure. <laughs> At least I'm consistent. That's true. He's he Yeah, he happens to not really like the most liked episodes of a Damon Lindelof series. I did like this. Let's, let's be clear. Like, but, I liked it a lot. I'm okay. just... I preferred Seven. This is another Lindelof, like, churn episode. Um, I watched The Sopranos after The Leftovers and noticed there's a similar episode called Join the Club, and it's also great. Damon Lindelof said he was inspired by this episode when he wrote International Assassin. Mary Jameson was... Oshin. International Oshin. Oshin. Mary Jameson. Oshashin. Oshashin. Mary... Mary Jameson was in the hotel and the balloons were for her. Will it be true that she's expecting a boy? <gasps> oh my God. I didn't oh. even think about it. Oh. Those balloons were blue, but yeah, it'll be because somebody else already said it was a boy. Didn't they? One of the psychic things where somebody was like, Oh, oh yeah. this and that. Somebody said it was a boy. Well, Those shit. balloons were a blue. Balloons. Balloons. The woman speaking Spanish when the fire alarm goes off is bringing organs for a transplant. So cool. His dad seems to be in the same hotel room and there's a fire there. Is he triggering the fire alarm? Yes. Can't wait for this episode. Cheers from Australia. <laughs> Sorry, that's yes. aggressive. Yep. That was established that by reading the wiki about it. <laughs> you idiot. Just what came out of my head. John, uh, not from we the all wiki. figured that out by reading people who figured it out. <laughs> no, we figured it out in the episode. What? The fire. Well, I we don't were, need to be fighting. Well, we over were this. saying we were talking about how the fire. Egotistical. We were talking about how the fire was like a conduit to that world Kevin was in, but the fire yeah. alarms going off. No, I said the fire alarms going off because of the fire. Oh, well, all right. I don't know. Seemed obvious to me. Fire, fire alarm. Go. It stops after he stops. John says, "Hi, gang. Hope you're all well. Special hello to Owen if he's here." Jackpot. My favorite part of the episode was Kevin and Lori's conversation at the motel. I really like the contrast in their relationship compared to last season. Me too. They're both in different places in their lives, and seeing them make up was great. I also really liked Lori's reaction when she saw the picture of Kevin's new family. She seemed happy for him, and I think it was a touching moment. Yeah, that's a moment we overlooked here mm -hmm. on the show because so much other shit happened, but that was a really nice moment. Completely agree. Fantastic. Okay. I love... I love the part where they where he's like, "I'm sorry, I was so like shitty about the dog thing." Yes. Puppy. Oh yeah. Like, love that oh, part. I pretty much forgot about that, and he's like, "Yeah, I've, I've been thinking about it a lot." That was so. It's real. so real. Yeah. So That's real. So like an ex thing where you're like, yep. "This one thing that I just I know I fucked up on so bad, and, you know, <laughs> if I ever got the chance to see him again, I would just just apologize just for that thing," and they'd be mm. like, "Huh." What are you talking? I have no memory of that whatsoever. I like how she's like, I have no memory of it, but you're forgiven. And it also, it makes mm -hmm. so much sense having seen that episode that she was thinking about her like pregnancy and shit. She wasn't thinking about the dog. Yeah, because she the saw... dog was only like an opportunity for her to talk about things she wasn't saying about the baby. Yeah. Also, well, Kevin still doesn't know that. I was just yeah, gonna say, and Kevin still it, was only it... thinking about the dog. But are we certain 
for that even at this point Kevin doesn't know that yeah. I feel Lori pretty certain. I thought that whole scene so. was meant to be like Kevin thinking the worst thing he did was this dog. And in her head, she's like, yeah, you didn't actually know. Like, yeah. The worst thing and she's did. still I not going to tell way. him. You think he'll never know? Yeah. I think he'll never know. I think it does. To her, it's like it's old news. It's not what it, anything's about anymore. It's not worth bringing up. Yeah. yeah she's never yeah. going to get the closure she needs from it at this point. Man. Not from him, at least. Not from bringing How it up. How dare she deny something Kevin could also be depressed about? <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> Hi gang, hope you're doing well. Special hello to Owen. Let's see. Okay, International Assassin. What a ballsy move by the show's creators. This episode could have felt so out of place in this series, but I'm glad the creators took such a strange direction. And I love how they stretched the concept of the show to a new level. A whole new level. A whole new level. This thing starts out as this absurd, ridiculous episode but slowly turns into a very sad exploration of Patty's psyche. For that, or for me, that's what's so great about the episode. It uses the world building of the show to further develop the characters. That's great storytelling. I look forward to the podcast every week. You guys are great. Take care, John. Is that meeting, or because he gave her like $50,000 or whatever? Yeah. Just start picturing... Nowadays seems like the lowest amount of money. <laughs> I know. Get a one-on-one, to, yeah, to, to give <laughs> to a politician. <laughs> yeah, but I just started picturing all the like real life versions of meetings like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's pretty gross. What are we doing, guys? Uh, money, money makes the world run, Owen. Okay, so Zishan Zish- sends an email saying, "A porpoise is a fish, Steve. Intensive porpoises is a pun." Oh. <laughs> Hi, now podcast you know. peeps. Oshin. Oshin. My job offer acceptance was referencing my email from the week before, Brett. But I'm also pretty sure someone offered during loss, so whatever the main point is, no take-backsies. You guys have an intern now. Oh, Zashan is our intern. Oh, right. Of course. You're doing great. But seriously, great job. apologies for coming across as so weird in my last email and most likely this one. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm getting mixed signals well, every other sentence here. I think you're in a trial period now, my friend. Alana, <laughs> what do you need our intern to do? Uh, uh, be a sweetie. Okay. I'm going to need them to not apologize so much in their email <laughs> if they're trying to get a job. <laughs> That was yeah. No need to Owen apologize. Wasn't during, an issue during the lost days. Owen was upset with all the apologies from people. <laughs> that was a good time. It's all right, too late to apologize. Um, let's see. He was attempting dry humor, and it clearly didn't work. So going forward, I'll keep that in mind and continue to do the same and be myself until you guys until you guys get it. Anyway, season two, episode seven. I know you won't believe this, but I legitimately believed Patty. I didn't think they would do a demon Azrael sort of thing again. And I saw the title of the next episode, so I thought it was going to be about Kevin going to Egypt. Wait. Oh, when he she talks Patty about, about the cum <laughs> uh, chalice. Imagine Patty teaching where babies come from to a kid named Kevin. All right, Kevin, now to make a baby, you have to put your penis inside the girl's vagina and... Come. That's where you, have he, to that's where you push come, Steve. Did he sing clips this week? No. Um, there we go. Well, there is something attached here, but it says bird. Oh, shit. Kevin gave his handprint. 
Is he fucked? Yes. Okay, so according to Lori, Tommy was not enjoying the lying he was doing, and that's why he left her. Not sure if I believe that. He seemed pretty into it. So I think that's just her perspective of what happened. Lori makes a really good point about Patty, though. Do you believe her? The sign part was honestly hilarious. What? But if Patty is not real, then why didn't Kevin see the sign? Too focused on Patty, perhaps? Wait, what? I guess the key, the thing about the key being under the pillow or something. Oh, oh yes, yeah. of course. Yo, holy shit. What oh, yes, the f- of course. What the fuck Jill was- Jill didn't see that sign either? She That's what like I thought. Com- she was coming yeah. in and out, and she even brought the bolt cutters, but she didn't see the yeah, sign. Yeah, I guess she wasn't looking at the chair. I didn't go back and check, but it, who cares? Yo, holy shit, what the fuck was that ending? Why did he kill himself? Technically, he didn't ask Jill for the key. Said didn't say he was looking for the key. He just said, "Get me the bolt cutters." I mean, Virgil is likely a pedophile. He said he hurt John when he was young, and he shot Virgil in the dick as revenge. So fuck him. But it was still a shocking scene. It was probably why Michael was crying. Lots and lots of unanswered questions in this episode. Who the Pillar Man is. How Kevin ended up in the lake with a cinder block. What happened to Virgil, among others. What? Wait, that we was learned explained. that. Overall, pretty good episode. <laughs> How's the intern doing, Brett? Overall, a pretty good episode with an amazing ending, but it had one big flaw. Nora leaving Kevin was honestly too jarring and unbelievable for me. That's what I'm saying. She already knew that he sleepwalks and was seemingly okay with it, but then finding out that he's hallucinating was the straw that broke the camel's back. They should have spent a little more time on Nora's actual feelings towards Kevin's conditions instead of portraying her as okay with it and able to handle away all of Kevin's weirdness. I agree. It felt like they needed a reason for Kevin to want to get rid of Patty with urgency. I think they did that. I agree, I agree. But I think the the urgency was because she said she would come home if he could prove to her and no, no, look her in the yes, eye that's and what say he's that saying. he got rid of He's Patty. saying it seems like they had Nora leave just so that that urgency would be there later. Or they pushed it a little. Maybe not just for that reason, but they, I they mean, pushed if that. Tomato, tomato, you know? I mean, if that's the case, then that's fine. It happened. We're Y'all don't have it. to agree, but me and the intern, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> feel like it was a little out of character for Nora. Just a little. All right, season two, episode eight. Holy shit, naked Kevin. Holy shit, Kevin in that Holy suit. Holy shit, naked Kevin. Why is Mary in the same place as all the dead people? Laugh out loud, the Patty double sure is good at bullshitting about John Wilkes Booth. What she said about him was a complete lie. Wild theory, the guy who put the rope around Kevin's neck and gave him a choice is the pillar man. Oh. Not much to say about this episode. It was a very well-made episode with amazing acting, especially for Justin Thoreau and Ann Dowd, and they really did take a risk by doing something cool, which they greatly succeeded at. But man, at the end of the day, it really was a standard dream sequence episode. I know you can boil everything down to it being something simple, but the story usually overrides that and makes it okay. Even though the story was amazing, it just didn't distract from the fact that it was a dream sequence episode for me. I don't agree. That ending, Michael buried him believing he was dead, right? Oh. so Because he's assuming that it was all just in yeah, his head and he's he, not it wasn't actually it. dead and all yeah. that. I think that's No, Michael wrong. buried him like the bird. Michael buried him as a dead man. And he no, came but he had a chair alive. and everything set up. He was camped out waiting for him to come back to life. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But he buried him 
dead because he's supposed to you be dead like, like the bird. The bird. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to bury you dead if you don't listen up. I'm going to bury, bury you, you like a bird if you don't <laughs> shut your mouth. <laughs> Let's find your bird. I really wish I kept a running list of questions to keep track of what's been answered because it really does seem like almost everything has been answered except for the second big one. What happened to the girls and why were they acting so strangely? The first being what happened on the 14th. Am I forgetting anything? What else hasn't been answered? I feel like a lot. Everything that's been quote unquote answered has just been an ambiguous. It could be left or it could be right. It's been given like two options. I feel like we've had some things narrowed down. So we're like, oh, it's not who knows. It's either one or the other. But I don't think anything's really been directly. It is 100% one or two or whatever. Um, I'm sure there are some, but I think that a lot of them don't. I think most of them are have been narrowed down to either the the like logical, like grounded in this earth reason or the potentially magic-ish 2% reason show is about grieving then there's two things that can basically happen when somebody dies either they go somewhere or they go nowhere Mm -hmm. and that's and then a vague interpretations of whatever that could mean but that's basically there's there's a layer right here of parallel universe (laughs) and there's a layer of purgatory and it's a overlapping dimension are you reading more emails uh here's the (laughs) oh and you don't know that's an actual fart steve recorded that he farted that he's proud of. Either to me, I heard it on one of the things. I know. Oh, he knows. Um. All right. Here's a clip that this that the intern left. He probably texted that he it wanted to, me to play. So it. here My it is. Let's find your bird. I really hope they don't catch that bird. Wait, what? This is the clip the intern put. Let's find your bird. I really hope they don't catch that bird. Yeah. Uh, Dan the man sends an email saying a quick one from Miami Dan. Hello, first time boys and girl. Just wanted to say these are the best episodes of the show. Also, here are the photos I promised. This is from when I went to visit Austin, Texas. We decided to go to a small town on an hour out. Mind you, I didn't know anything about the small town other than they had pretty good barbecue. It wasn't until I was rewatching with you guys that I put the pieces together. Yes, I had visited unintentionally Jarden, Miracle, Texas. It's a really small four roads kind of town with this beautiful square, an amazing town square. Anyways, love the episode and can't wait to hear what you all had to say. Here are the pictures. Oh, so there's that big building where we're like, what the fuck is that building? I wish I could show you guys this, but that's all I got. It's that big building in Jarden that is kind of colorful and it's the most identifiable. We don't know about yet. Yeah. We don't. What do you mean? We don't know about yet. The one we don't know what it is. Oh yeah, we don't. I I assumed it was like a tall town hall or something. I don't know. Are we supposed to be questioning what it is? I mean, we just don't know what it is. They've shown it pretty prominently in some shots that makes it feel like we're gonna end up there. Oh, I didn't even put that into my head. Let's find your bird. Internationalist ass ass in Randall Kevin says, "Hey, dickholes." Oshin. Oshin. Hey, dickholes and special guest Old Smokey. International Assassin was sweet as shit. And I love the part where they showed Kevin's dad partying in Australia, getting his dick sucked while his son was killing children in heaven. Bye-bye. P.S. It's a shame we won't be hearing Kevin every episode anymore. Kevin. Yeah, that's true. Kevin. Kevin? (laughs) Not here, Kevin. (laughs) 
Uh, bye bye. P.S. It's a shame. Oh yeah, I got it. All right, that's the end of that. Thank you so much. KG sends a short email saying, "Hey there, baby girl and boys. Just want to say I love you all, especially my DB boy Stee. Honk honk. B b b b b. Loving this show and podcast so far. This season has been absolutely enthralling, especially these last couple of episodes. Quick question for Alana, right? Quick. Oh. Quick, quick, quick. Quick. Do you feel the same emotions and feelings towards the show as you did when you first watched? Or are you enjoying it more or about the same? No, it feels different. And I think it's because of how different the world is more than how different I am, if that makes sense. And I think overall I'm liking it more, but I'm also like talking about it and being encouraged by friends to like it more. So. And we are like analyzing it. I did more a lot. Yeah. But this is what I like to do when I watch regular shows too, you know? Like I like to get in depth and it helps me appreciate the show a little bit more. Yeah. Continuing to watch those episodes is definitely going to make me like it more too though because these are better. The show gets better. Okay. Anyway, he finishes off by saying, cheers guys. Continue to spread that love. We need it. Shout out to Owen's collection of white t-shirts one time and thanks for coming back. We love you. All right, guys. I'm representing for the white T-shirts, Owen. <laughs> Thank you, Brett. I know we're twinsies today. <laughs> Final email comes Feels from good. Roberto Abril, and he says, you need to fill it with your cum, Kevin, and drink it. <laughs> Thank you for that, Roberto. Play it. Oh. Oh. Well, Kevin, so that long. there looks like a- Which one is it? Is it this one? Play it. Oh, this one. Oh. In Cairo, Egypt, there is an ancient artifact. It's in a museum now. They found it in the tomb of Amenhotep. Scholars call it the wishing cup. You need to acquire this cup. It's more of a chalice, actually. It's going to be fully guarded, but you need to get it any way you can. Because once you do, you need to fill it with your cum. And then you need to drink it down. Drink it down. Every last drop. Oh, shit. We got a player here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, guys. Oh, and every time I hear that, I think it's you. It sounds like your voice to me. <laughs> Am I alone? Am I the only one who feels that no, way? No, no, no. Definitely. It does, right? I feel that. Yeah. Um, and we got a player oh, here. Shit. <laughs> totally. Oh, shit. Hey, hey Officer Mustard Stain. All right, guys. Play it again. Give Listen. us a chance. Hey, Officer Mustard Stain. A lot of loves to do it. Let's do it again together. A lot of loves to do it. Officer Mustard Stain. You got to give us a countdown. How are we going to know? I, it's hard to do a countdown. Okay, I'm watching your thumb. All right. Hey, hey Officer Mustard Stain. There you go. Nice work. <laughs> All right. Well, guys. Alana, we're at three and a half hours. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed my stain. She wants to do, hey, Officer Mustard Stain. What can we do? Let the girl have what she wants. So, guys, thank you so much for listening to and watching the first time show. Uh, We've only got two more episodes of season two, then we're on to what is possibly one of the most unique seasons of television ever. That's good. I would say so. Owen? Staying on for the season finale? Or do you want to come maybe back? That, maybe that, like 
301, 302, maybe. maybe. Why don't you just do the finale and then you do fair, 301? Fair, Why don't you just do a fucking trilogy, Owen? You could just step in for the next You could episode. do a phone call, too, if you're a little camera shot. Well, if Owen, it's up to you. We, we'll let you decide. And I'm just happy My to God, ha- Steve. What? I just thought of something about like the very final episode. Hold on. Oh. Can you text me what I'm talking about? No, text me. Okay, I'll text you. Uh, I also I like at the beginning of this one when Patty said uh, you're not done. It's gonna be a hard day. Wait, when did she say? Oh, right, 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 right. Very first thing, like it's gonna be a hard day. (laughs) Right, because his daughter was like, "What the fuck's going on?" That was the first thing. Just like, God damn it. Fine. What's happening? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Fine, Alana. What the hell are you doing, Alana? Oh, we have a B storyline going. Sorry. Yeah. All right. Uh, save it to your for your B storyline podcast, guys. Comment below on the video if you followed our B storyline. I'd like a beat for beat, please. We do love bees at the easy. Guys, thank like you for Bobby. listening. I want to say thank you to Owen for being our guest. Thanks, Owie. Great job, Owen. <laughs> Thanks for thank coming you, around, Owen. Thanks, Owen. What was it like revisiting leftovers in such a strange way and not watching any more of it? dipping in a little bit yeah it's funky uh it did it make awesome. you miss it all the feels yeah immediately came back <laughs> <laughs> well we gotta have you back for what whichever one you want to come back for buddy um we'll see you next week, since Owen. he's been back <laughs> brett wants to see you since he's been back <laughs> owen came back but he hasn't said anything since he's, he's been came back. back all right well uh anything else if you want to send in your emails please keep them brief and send them, send them to the first time show at gmail.com. Um, you can also follow First Time Show on Twitter at the First Time Show, I think it is. And there's also an Instagram. We haven't really been using it much, but we might post some stuff there from time to time. And don't forget to get your emails in by Saturday mornings. We record on Saturdays, even though we're recording a little late this time, but please get your emails in by Saturday mornings. And I believe that's it, everybody. Thanks for watching and listening. We love it. Oh, Thank subscribe you. to the YouTube channel because that's where you can see the video version of this episode featuring Owen Carter. It's the Valley Cast, right? Uh, YouTube.com slash the Valley Cast. Yeah. Chump All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye, Bobby. Let's find your bird. You, you want to take a bird with you?